To a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I am a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds from the underground. First time listeners turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity live and direct right now streaming to you on youtube and heard around the world hello to all of you from the future joining me tonight on a very special edition of end of days joel gilbert is live in the building my friends he is an american filmmaker based in los angeles he is known for political documentaries on barack obama donald trump and islamism as well as music history films on bob dylan and comedies featuring Paul McCartney and Elvis Presley. His new film and book is called The Trayvon Hoax, Unmasking the Witness Fraud That Divided America. And of course, on the second half of the program, we will be joined by Mr. Bobby Blades. I do warn you, nothing will be held back here tonight. Not for the weak of heart. None of this truly is. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again. On a night like this, good to see some familiar faces out there in the chat room, and I'm glad some of you boys and girls survived yet another week. My apologies for not being here last week, but I have returned. Now, enough of the nonsense. Let's get down to brass tacks and bring in the first guest. Joe, are you alive out there? Yes, sir. Here I am. Fantastic. You sound great. Great to be here. Thank you. Amazing. And I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program, sir. I know we tried to do this last week, but life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, I was just coming back from uh, Washington, D.C., where I uh, screened the new film, The Trayvon Hoax, Unmasking the Witness Fraud that Divided America. I was at the National Press Club there in D.C., had a press conference and world premiere screening, and it was quite an event. We had a couple hundred people, of course, absent were the mainstream media that built this narrative that I have completely exposed as a total fraud of the uh, Trayvon Martin case. I call it the Trayvon hoax because uh, the Trayvon hoax is two things. It's the story that I expose of how a real phone witness on the phone with Trayvon Martin right before his death was switched for a fake witness, that being Rachel Gentel. People remember her as the plus-sized Haitian girl that they built the indictment on uh, George Zimmerman with her statements, and she also showed up in court. And then the Trayvon hoax is also the name I give to the hoax that the media plays on black Americans every day, essentially that blacks have to vote Democrat to protect themselves from a racist America where there are armed white men in the streets who want to shoot you because of your skin color. That's, that's the Trayvon hoax in action on the national level. 
Amazing. And of course, Joe, before we get things started, I do want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into uh, directing and doing this amazing job with investigative journalism. And, you know, I, I use that term journalism in the most sincere and serious way. Unlike how it is today, journalism now is uh, bastardized. Yeah, it's it's a disaster. I mean, look. Yes, sir. When I when I was at the National Press Club, uh, talking about this story that uh, changed America, uh, the Trayvon Martin case was ground zero for fake news. It all the modern era started right there. Also, all the race hoaxes, racial division. This is a major story that I'm breaking. That the witness, the key witness that the prosecution built the entire case on, was a fraud. She was substituted for the real witness whom I located, named Diamond Eugene. She's in the movie. This is a major change of American history. And all that day and that, that week when I was in D.C., the mainstream media was obsessing over a story that 30 years ago, Brett Kavanaugh was at a party and did something inappropriate to a woman who can't remember. That was their story. That's how bad it is. Uh, so it, it you know, we can have a whole show about the malfeasance of the mainstream media, but it certainly started uh, the modern era with this case. Uh, I've been making films for about, uh, man, almost 20 years, um, and I started pr uh, producing films on music icons like Bob Dylan. I did two comedies, uh, one on uh, Paul McCartney and then Elvis Presley, and uh, also very serious uh, films <coughs> on Middle East history, uh, the Islamic-Jewish conflict, one called Farewell, Israel, uh, Bush, Iran, and the Revolt of Islam. Also, Atomic Jihad about the Iranian nuclear program and several other films, including last year. Uh, well, of course, Dreams from My Real Father. I'm pretty well known for that, where I went yes. to Hawaii twice and I researched Obama's background. I went there twice. That was twice as much as all the mainstream media combined that went there to figure out what Obama's real background was. And in that film, I put together an alternate history of Barack Obama called Dreams from My Real Father, and I went to investigate the person that he admit raised him and influenced him was Frank Marshall Davis, was a black Bolshevik, one of the Chicago communists that went out to Hawaii, and Davis was a Russian agent. He was uh, uh, acting on behalf of the Soviet Union, and he was under FBI surveillance for 20 years because of his uh, treachery. And this is the man that raised Obama, and then I put forth a theory based on a lot of evidence that this, in fact, was Obama's real biological father. And I traced the history of Obama's policies and showed how they mirrored uh, the communist rantings of Frank Marshall Davis, his his father and mentor. Um, and last year, of course, was I had a, a film called There's No Place Like Utopia. It was kind of like a Michael Moore-style film where I run around the country talking to people in progressive cities where people really were regressing. They weren't progressing at all. And uh, last year was the uh, hilarious comedy I produced called Trump, the Art of the Insult. Yes. You know, but you actually learn a lot about Trump. You learn about his branding and marketing. It's not only a comedy. You really un come to understand Trump once you see that movie. Uh, so I've always just uh, made films where my curiosity lie and uh, – you know, this latest film uh, is because of that, because I saw it had such an impact on the country. I thought it needed to be investigated. Yes. And you've done a fantastic job and you've gone just beyond any other means. I've never seen anyone really go in the way you have, Joel, with your work. You were able to track down all these uh, players and all these impact players in, in, the, in these narratives. And that 
is tremendous. I've never seen anyone do that before. Well, this was quite the investigation. I can, I'll, I'll uh, agree to that. It started by I was looking at uh, Trayvon Martin's uh, cell phone records, all public information. And just to give you the background is uh, – let me reset for your audience – is uh, Trayvon Martin was tragically shot in this altercation uh, February 26, 2012. And the police investigated for two weeks, two and a half weeks. They looked at the eyewitnesses, spoke to eyewitnesses, uh, 911 calls. They listened to physical evidence, Zimmerman statements, uh, lie detector test, everything. And they said this is a case of self-defense. It's not stand your ground, pure self-defense. Zimmerman was getting his head bashed in the ground for several minutes and broken nose, choking on his blood. A man came out and told Trayvon to stop or he called the police. He wouldn't stop. And uh, Zimmerman fired a single shot to try to save his life. And the police agreed with that based on all the evidence. See you later. It's over. And the family attorney and the the Martin family had already brought in uh, an attorney. Al Sharpton was coming into town. They were putting on pressure with uh, Change.org. All the leftist organizations were getting mobilized. And uh, the family attorney, Benjamin Crump, holds a press conference a week later, and he holds up a um, – digital recorder. And he said, Tracy Martin, you know, Trayvon's father, just found this phone number on his phone records last night. And it was this girl named Diamond. She's a, a minor. She's 16 years old. And uh, she gave us this interview. So he plays a couple excerpts of this phone interview with Diamond. And it's not even that intelligible, but he says at the end, we've got all the evidence now. Arrest George Zimmerman. And I'm going to give this tape to the FBI. So the next day, Obama jumps into the case. He says, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Right. I remember you that. Know, the, the day after that, LeBron James gets on board, the NBA. Uh, the uh, the kids are protesting in the streets, walking out of schools, and the state of Florida is pressured by the media to appoint a special counsel. So all because of this public pressure, even though the police already decided it was self-defense. So the state attorneys come down to uh, Miami about 10 days after that to interview Diamond, the 16-year-old girlfriend. And they go to Diamond's house. Her name is Diamond Eugene. They go to her address. I've actually got the address in the unredacted documents. That's where she lives. Uh, her mother, Eliana Eugene, it's on the record. And they someone sends them away to a different house where uh, a woman who works for Trayvon's mother lives and... The prosecution goes there, and there appears Rachel Gentel. She's 18. She's a year older than Trayvon, 150 pounds heavier. She says, I'm the girlfriend. I am I just lied about my name to Mr. Crump. I'm, I am I said I was Diamond Eugene. I said I, I lied about my age. I, I lied about going to the hospital. I'm, I'm Diamond Eugene. And the, you know, why the prosecution didn't stop the interview right there and say, let's just stop this nonsense right here. But they took her statements that didn't make very much sense at all. And at the end of the interview, you can even see it in the trailer at the, the TrayvonHooks.com. In the trailer itself, she actually, I have the recording where at the end of her interview, she's overwhelmed. And she says to the prosecutor, I feel guilty. I feel real guilty. She says it six times. She says, why do you feel guilty about talking to us? And Rachel says, I know about it. And they go, what? She goes, I ain't know about it. So she actually confesses that she's lying, but they ignore that, and they take a couple of her statements from this interview, and they indict Zimmerman 10 days later. And, of course, they have the trial a year later, and uh, same thing. Rachel Gentile comes to court. She lies herself, to, you know, ridiculous lies, and uh, she turns out she wrote a letter 
to Trayvon's mother that she can't read. She doesn't know how to read. So uh, this is kind of the timeline for you. But I had recalled that uh, the, the girl on the phone from the recorded um, digital audio that the family attorney Crump had played to the media, I, I have a pretty good ear because I'm a musician and film editor as right. well. Got a pretty good ear. And I remember that the girl, the voice of the girl on the digital recorder did not sound like the same person as Rachel Gentel. No match. Yeah. Two very distinctive voices. So I'd recalled that. So the way I approached this was I said, uh, if I can find the original girl, Diamond Eugene, and find out why she bailed out, why she was substituted, who knew, and I can prove it, I'll make a film and write a book about it. And that's that's how I got into it. And you found her. I found her. That's the way why. I found her was I started with Trayvon Martin's cell phone records. Beware, cell phones have so much information oh, on yes. it. There was <laughs> 3,000 text messages, 3,000 emails. I'm sorry, 3,000 text messages, 3,000 photos, 1,500 contacts, hundreds of emails, GPS coordinates. Wherever Trayvon was, I had all his GPS coordinates. So I was able to go through these text messages and learn so much about this case that nobody knew. Uh, first thing that stood out is that, that Trayvon Martin really was a pretty good kid, a normal high school kid uh, during the you know, beginning of the time of the eight months that I was reading about his messages and and I knew about his life, it was only the last three months where he took a big downhill dark turn. Uh, his father had divorced his stepmother, Alicia Stanley, and uh, he lost his home base. Uh, he'd lived there for like 14 years. He lost his stepmother, had to go back and live with his biological mother, and that's when he started acting out very badly. He started fighting, always fighting, fighting in school. He tried to hit a bus driver. Uh, heavy marijuana use, uh, dealing guns. He was into worse and worse behaviors that were just in a downhill spiral that led to this uh, his terrible decision to attack Zimmerman and, and not even let up. Uh, so I learned a lot about Trayvon, but yeah. also it stood out is the girlfriend named Diamond. Diamond. Diamond is texting Trayvon photos. She say, He says, text, send me a pic, send me a pic. She texts him photos. There it is right there in the photo library, in the in the records. It's not Rachel Gentel. Rachel Gentel's unmistakable. She was about 220, 30, 40 pounds and very tall, wide head. This girl was, uh, you know, goes went about 110 at the most, uh, thin. Uh, it's not, not Rachel Gentel. So that's, uh, I realized I had stumbled upon a monumental fraud of the justice system. And how? But how did that even pass? That's the question. How did they get away with it? Correct. There are a number of ways they got away with it. Number one, of course, we we alluded to already the media. Uh, the media should have done what I did. All this was public information just there for the plucking, you know. You just had to go look at it, and then I would look online and look at these girls' Twitter accounts and uh, Facebook. It's all there. I mean, Diamond Eugene was tweeting a, right when Trayvon was shot. She tweeted about it. She was tweeting nonstop every 20 minutes. So it's just ridiculous. She didn't even think to to erase her old, you know, social media archive. Uh, so it's just all there for the taking. So the media yes. only wanted to uh, fuel a race narrative because they wanted to get Barack Obama reelected. They were working with Obama. Uh, Obama sent his uh, community relations service down from the Department of Justice uh, when this was going on. He said they're going to help investigate. Instead, they actually organized protests coming out of Washington. 
and the media was on board for this. They knew that uh, everything had gotten worse for uh, black Americans since Obama was elected. Nothing got better. The economy was flatlining, that he was raising taxes. All the businesses were shutting down in the inner cities. Obama was allowing illegals to come in and take over their jobs. Obama had done nothing for black America, uh, and things had only gotten much worse. So they needed something to inflame black voters to remind them of their skin color and try to get them to come out for Obama. And this was the, the game plan of the media. So with zero media interest, uh, even though Rachel Gentile admitted in her first interview, she admitted, I lied about my name, I lied about my age, I lied about going to the hospital. Her story kept changing, and she admitted at the end she was lying. They didn't. They were, had no interest in that. Wild. And the second reason is that Zimmerman's attorneys had to spend two-thirds of their time in court just putting sanctions on the prosecutors and demanding discovery because they wouldn't give them the information they had a right to have. Just one example, they claimed that Rachel Gentel, who was 18 at the time, they said she's only 16, so you can't speak to the girlfriend because until uh, right before the trial because she's a minor. Right. Now, when she shows up for her deposition before the trial, now she's 19. Yes. So, so the prosecution was on board with this. They did everything they could to prevent information from coming out. The media was working with them, the Obama administration. Everyone was working together to prevent this information from coming out. Now, despite that, Rachel Gentel in court was a disaster. She couldn't put two sentences together. Uh, she kept changing her story. She said she couldn't read a letter that she wrote to Trayvon's mother that was signed Diamond Eugene. Yes, I had ridiculous. a I had a forensic handwriting expert look at it, and 100% it was not signed by Rachel, and it was signed by Diamond Eugene. And uh, look, even at that time, people were saying, wait a minute, this girl is about 150 pounds heavier than Trayvon. She goes to a different school. Uh, she doesn't even show up in school. She's a year older. People were saying, I don't think that's his girlfriend. Something's wrong here. Um, and only it took me six years later to, to really understand how wrong it could be. They didn't really look like kids to me. Say again? I said they didn't even look like kids to me uh, when I saw them. Uh, yeah. yeah. The footage of the courtroom uh, footage and, of course, later in your film, you show her walking around. Yeah. I mean, look, it was just this monumental hoax and it was a very evil idea. The evil idea was let's use the tragic death of this very troubled teen, black teenager, to put a Hispanic man in prison so we can control black voters. That's how evil the idea was. And uh, Al Sharpton was in on it from the beginning. He was down there with the family. The uh, Crump, the attorney for the Martin family, said, said, I wanted somebody with a track record. You know, we called up to New York City. We got Al Sharpton to come down here. Well, Al Sharpton's track record was race hoaxes, uh, Tawana Brawley inciting riots like the uh, Freddy's Fashion Mart. And he was an advisor to Obama. So you put that whole cabal together and you get a very corrupt case where a lot of people were used. And in the end, no one has suffered more from this Trayvon hoax than the black youth of America. Oh, by the way, let's not forget one more prominent player that was uh, Frederica Wilson. Um, she was also. Uh, one of the main players in this as well. well. I would say she's a main player. She was the congresswoman for that area, and she would come down and just say insightful things that weren't even true. She'd say, uh, Trayvon Martin is a young man who's never been in trouble, you know, and uh, she was part of the group that would try to, to incite and mislead 
uh, the information. This yes, was information me, warfare. Let me explain what I meant by that. I, yeah. I meant to say is that her clip of her saying, I'm going to say it like I see it, Trayvon was hunted down like a rabid dog. That was played all over the place. Well, she also made several statements in Congress as well. She was pushing this narrative. <laughs> Wild. Uh, very, very strong. A lot of, there were other pastors were in on it. You know, religious people would come down and make these false statements, this like a lynch mob, like want to put a lynch mob together, even though there's nothing in Christianity that says, let's, let's get us a lynch mob and, and lynch this Hispanic kid based on no evidence. Hold on. Let me stop you right there. Let's get, uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, George Zimmerman in a moment here, but I wanted to backtrack really quickly to something you mentioned. And I watched your latest video from the National Press Club where okay. you talked about all these things and you quoted the Bible, I believe. That's right. There's a, it's, it's a little ironic that, uh, Trayvon's mother, by the way, is um, Sabrina Fulton is running for office. She's running for Miami-Dade commissioner right now. And by the way, she knew about the witness switch. It's in the film. So she's got a lot of explaining to do. And she did not come forward to say this Rachel Gentile is not Diamond Eugene. She did not say that even though she knew it. So I can't wait to hear what she has to say. But she, she's been kind of pushing this Trayvon hoax for years. She does all these speeches and she tells everybody, people want to kill you because of the color of your skin. And she pushes this narrative, which is a total lie. And, uh, and it's divisive and it's not true. Very divisive. Uh, and, and Joel, uh, but, but in these ahead. speeches, she often would quote from Proverbs 6. Yes. Uh, she'd quote from Proverbs 6. So I remember I went and I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to check out that Proverbs 6. And, but she would only quote from the first few lines of it. And, uh, what I did is I said, uh, I read the whole thing, and what I noticed is a very interesting line at the end, and it goes like this. The very last three lines that she doesn't quote from, it goes like this. For the Lord hates a heart that devises wicked plans, a false witness who breathes out lies and who sows discord among brothers. And this is what Rachel Gentile did, and uh, Sabrina knew about it, and she didn't uh, didn't say anything. So it's a little ironic or interesting that she doesn't yes. quote the end of that verse. Yes. And another thing I did want to ask you, Joel, was, are, are you religious, Joel? I'm kind of a traditional person. I'm, uh, you know, uh, religious to some extent, so uh, I wouldn't describe it uh, any other way. You don't put yourself in a box? No. Okay. Understood. I, I, I was just very curious if you perhaps grew up in a religious household. I wanted to ask you early on, but I thought this would be a, a good time to ask. Yeah, well, I grew up in kind of a, a small town in Tennessee, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Uh, we had a we were members of a conservative Jewish congregation, so a kind of traditional conservative uh, Jewish family. Understood. And are you still following the Jewish practices now at all? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. I consider myself the same. Oh no. Okay. Understood. I'm not exactly a, a religious person or anything, but definitely not against any religion at all. Okay, well, yeah, I think it's well, important you know, for, I, I've, for I've always uh, followed uh, different religious, uh, learned about different religions. Uh, several, I studied uh, Islamic history, and I'm considered somewhat of an expert on Islamism and Islamic history. I've made two films and written many articles about it. Uh, I made a film called uh, Bob Dylan's Jesus Years, Inside mm. Bob Dylan's Jesus Years, Busy Being Born Again. And I explored Bob Dylan's uh, three religious albums and the whole uh, Jesus People Movement, the Vineyard Christian Fellowship Church in the L.A. in the late 70s that Dylan became a part of. And I talked to all these pastors and 
really learned of this born-again experience that many of them went through, including Bob Dylan. So I have an affinity and knowledge uh, for different religions, and I'm able to uh, you know, draw from things that are of interest when, when needed. Understood. And I did want to get back to uh, George Zimmerman really quickly here. I was curious to ask you, what sort of effect did he have during during the trial? Well, he he told, uh, first of all, he's in the film. Uh, I interview him in the movie, and he has actually not done any interviews on this case ever. Don't forget, he did not uh, participate in his own trial. So when you get the uh, the movie or the book as well, it's also ebook. you can hear from George Zimmerman the entire, we will walk him through the entire incident of what happened, and he explains it. And uh, he said the trial was very devastating on him. And even afterwards, and the main reason, I think, is what he described his background. Uh, first of all, he was an Obama supporter. He was a social justice activist. He was into hope and change. He uh, told me he would mentor black kids whose parents were in prison uh, in his spare time. He had joined a mentoring group where they would go and mentor mostly minority kids to, you know, help them out and give them a, some kind of stability because their parents were in prison. So here's a guy that's a talk-the-talk, walk-the-walk minority activist, and they accuse him of being a racist and a bigot. I mean, that was just very devastating, the betrayal. Uh, he's a Hispanic kid. He speaks fluent Spanish, and they made him out to be this white racist somehow, and that was just very hurtful and devastating to him. But I would definitely you, – you'll see him in the film for the first time. It's It's an amazing thing to kind of get to know him. Yes, I've seen those um, short clips of, of him and you talking together, and I can't help but feel this way, and I know this is going to give me some heat, and uh, you might not like this either. Well, but... don't say anything controversial. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to. This, this is how it goes here. Well, okay, we may have to bleep <laughs> it out, but go ahead, give it a shot. Well, you know, the thing is, when I look at George Zimmerman, and gosh, I, I hate to judge him, I really do, but he kind of strikes me as someone who isn't all there 100%. Someone someone that I might even find across at a Walmart at 2 a.m. Maybe that's ex extremely judgmental uh, well, to say. Well, look, uh, look uh, the media spent uh, billions of dollars in earned media trying to project an image of Zimmerman as this thuggish, you know, knucklehead. Right. And and even the best of us, I mean, I had a certain impression of him before I met him sure, because sure. that's what you see in the media. Even when you're not paying attention, you see these stories. Uh, for example, after the trial, he was caught in a number of incidences uh, acting out. That's true. And, and I asked him in the film, I said, you know, he said, he said, look, uh, they made me out to be this horrible uh, jerk and bigot. And he said, I started acting out. I, if they were going to say that's who I was when I knew I wasn't. He said, I was just going to show them that I could be. And he said it took him a couple of years to get through it, to go back to being the person he was. So uh, I certainly encourage you to watch the entire film and, you know, decide for yourself. Yeah. But you're, you're talking about a guy that he lived in a crappy rental townhome. He went to school and worked and whatever spare money he had, he used it to go mentor black kids whose parents were in prison. So that's the – I mean, who who would do that? Who, who does that? To do yeah. that? That's who, a nice who, thing to do. Who who with that that's true. E economic level would actually go spend their spare time to help minority youth? So you can imagine the kind of guy he was and how he was so devastated that uh, he was thrown under the bus by the president of the United States, of all people, uh, and how he talked about his journey recovering from it as well as the incident itself. So 
I certainly recommend everyone watch the movie and judge for yourself. Definitely. And from my limited understanding of George Zimmerman, he wanted to be a police officer, correct? I think he had several different careers. He was trying to be a uh, insurance adjuster. Mm. At one time, he said he had uh, applied to be a police officer. He had several different career paths he was in and out of uh, when this incident happened. I think he was an insurance adjuster at the time. Understood. And during the the night when this happened, he was, I guess, some sort of neighborhood watchman of sorts. Uh, not exactly. Again, you got to see the film. He explains it that uh, they had a lot of crime in this neighborhood, right. and they, they had a neighborhood watch group that he was a part of. Yes, uh, he was not on a on a patrol. There was no such thing as a neighborhood watch patrol. They had just received instructions from the police. They said, if you see anybody hanging around that you don't recognize, uh, better be safe than sorry. Give us a call to the non emergency number. And he said he had done that several times, as had other uh, residents. And uh, that's what he did in this case. Yes. And that takes us to the 911 call. And I heard the call not very long ago just to refresh my memory. And during the conversation with, I believe, might be a police officer of sorts, they ask him if he's following uh, the gentleman in question. And he says, yes. And the police officer says, "Okay, uh, we don't need you to do that. Uh, Do you recall that? Uh, I recall that I did ask him about it, and uh, it's very interesting, his response. I don't want to give away the entire film, but uh, he explains that uh, the dispatcher kept asking him which way to go, which way to go. So eventually he felt he had to help them out. He got out of his car. He said he never saw Trayvon at all during that time. And then at some point the guy said, are you following him? And he said, yes. He said, we don't need you to do that. And he said, okay. And I said to George, it's in the film, I said, why did you, why did you answer yes when they said, are you following him? And he said he just kind of shortchanged the answer. He said he he didn't mean he was following him. He never saw him. He just uh-huh. meant to say I was walking a direction that I had seen him. So they took that little short answer and turned it into a murder uh, indictment. Uh, but very comprehensive interview in the film, and you really get the in- entire story also in the book. It's also an ebook, and uh, that's just one of the pieces of the puzzle. And uh, the bigger piece of the puzzle, of course, that the film is focused on is there was a girl on the phone with Trayvon Martin during this time, and she knew what he was saying about Zimmerman, and she knew what he what he was talking about or planning to do. And uh, that girl uh, was replaced with uh, Rachel Gentel, who pretended to be Diamond Eugene and uh, committed one of the biggest frauds on, on right. this uh, judicial system. That led to, ultimately, the Ferguson effect, all this crime disaster for all the black neighborhoods, uh, and it all started at this kind of ground zero from this hoax. And let me, ask, let me ask you this, Joel. Do you think he should have followed him? Do I think Zimmerman should have gotten out of his car? And followed uh, Trayvon? You, you got to kind of look at the film. I mean, George says that he was trying to help the dispatcher. Yes, but Joe, I'm and, asking, and, I'm asking yeah, you, however. He, I'm telling you, he yes. clarified that he was not following him. That, And that makes sense when you look at the physical evidence. He clarified that uh, the uh, he t- when the dispatcher said, are you following? He said, yes, that he should have explained, I'm going in the direction I last saw him. But he's saying he never actually saw him at all during that time. And then when he's about 10 yards from his car, he's walking back to his car, and the physical evidence shows that that's where they were. That's when he says uh, he was attacked by Trayvon, who sucker punched him and broke his nose near his car. Now, obviously, uh, Rachel Gentel told a completely different story. And again, she wasn't even on the phone with Trayvon, but she claimed that uh, 
Trayvon was, you know, back at his dad's house when this altercation took place. But the, all the again, all the physical evidence shows that everything Zimmerman said was true, and that's why the police uh, decided that it was self-defense. Interesting. And, of course, we are talking about the film and book, The Trayvon Hoax, unmasking the witness fraud that divided America. And, uh, my goodness, here we are, 2019, almost 2020, and we still are having all sorts of issues amongst ourselves, uh, Joe. It, it's quite an insane time. And there was another uh, fake hate crime that recently happened not too long ago with a former NFL player, I believe, who right. yes, uh, I believe it was in Georgia. Right. That was not long. Of course, people know the Jesse Smollett case, the right. ridiculous idea that at two in the morning in sub-zero Chicago. Hold on, Joe. Let me, uh, let me just yeah. ask you. Let me, let me butt in really quickly. When you he first heard of the Juicy Smollett uh, case, did you honestly think that happened the way it did? I remember hearing some details and thinking that it was total baloney that, <laughs> but, but the media fell for it. Like only the media could fall for that story. Two in the morning, sub-zero weather in Chicago of all places. And, uh, and he tells about being attacked by, by Trump supporters. So you got to really remember, this is why this film is so important. The media was not in the tank back in 2012 until this case happened. All the race hoaxes, Brett Kavanaugh, fake witnesses, multiple fake witnesses uh, that later admitted they lied. Fake witnesses. Where was the first fake witness? Rachel Gentel. So I think if we can show how the original race hoax fake news story of, of uh, 2012, the George Zimmerman case, uh, that this may help kind of bring us back together and heal the country. Uh, Colin Kaepernick started kneeling and protesting America uh, for nothing. Uh, he can go back to the 49ers now because, no pun intended, he literally got played. Everybody got played by this story into thinking that uh, this media narrative that there are armed white men in the streets just looking to shoot people because of their skin color is total nonsense. And the real problem for black youth, as you'll see when you look at my film, is not armed white men in the streets. The real problem is the lack of strong black men in the home to give guidance and steer them away from drugs, gangs, and uh, and fighting that Trayvon was getting into. Yes, and going back to the fake hate crime really quickly, for those that were wondering, we were uh, talking about the former NFL player Edon Kaufman, who um, was charged with a false report of a crime, insurance fraud, concealing a license plate he was arrested and bonded out of uh, jail recently. Uh, or, well, shortly after he basically ransacked his own business front and tagged swastikas all over the place. And, yeah, there uh, may MAGA. there may have been more fake Lord. race crimes than real ones in the past six years since this time. But the social activists and even knuckleheads like this guy, they learned that if you make up a, a race hoax, the media will go with it. They don't care. So that's why if you can say, like Benjamin Crump and Sharpton, that Trayvon just had some Skittles and iced tea. He was just trying to make a candy run. That was the whole story. Then why wouldn't you make up hands up, don't shoot? Because the media will never question you. So this has encouraged social activists and liars and people with ridiculous judgment like this NFL player to try to use race to achieve uh, very nefarious things. Just as this original case was really meant to use Trayvon. Trayvon has a legacy. His legacy was stolen by left-wing activists and uh, and the media and political agendas, uh, his real legacy really was a teachable moment. And the teachable moment 
was the uh, lack of guidance he had and the lack of, of parenting he had with his divorced parents. And he was able to go with his gangster friends and get into all these terrible behaviors that ended up leading to this terrible confrontation. Right. And speaking of Eugene Diamond, how does she feel about the film that you put forth as well as Trayvon Martin's parents? Well, we don't you know. know yet. I, I just uh, put the film out a week ago, Monday. Oh, okay. And they don't I'm, even I'm know. I'm, I'm looking at Diamond's uh, Twitter, and she's still tweeting like she doesn't, she hasn't heard about it. Mm. I, we have not heard from Trayvon's parents or anybody. Now, this movie is still a little bit in the conservative ghetto in terms of the uh, coverage. <laughs> yes, right. So, and I don't believe that they live in the conservative ghetto media. So, uh, I think any day now we're going to see some reaction, but so far I haven't seen any yet. But I think Rachel Gentel needs to come forward, Diamond Eugene, Sabrina Fulton all need to come forward and come clean and say what they knew and what the truth is. And I agree 100%. And of course, the first time I heard of you, Joel, was when you interviewed Malik Obama. I right. was um, very skeptical at the time. I wasn't sure how accurate any of this was. The first time I had heard uh, things about Obama, that the um, birth certificate thing, all, all those sort of things that were going on in the media during the time, uh, during his presidency. A at the time, I thought all of this was just made up to smear Obama to make him look bad. And then years later, I find out they weren't exactly lying. Yeah, I mean, look, Obama put forth his book, Dreams from My Father. It uh, was, of course, he had a lot of help writing it. There's a lot of evidence. I think Jack Castro wrote all about it. The first one that uh, Bill Ayers, his uh, terrorist emeritus, uh, former weather underground oh, terrorist, yes. buddy of his, helped him write it. I was actually going to interview him, by the way. Oh, I'd like to interview him. But uh, Chris Anderson later wrote a biography called Barack and Michelle, a very friendly, positive uh, biography that he had a lot of help from all of the Obama people, and he kind of spilled the beans, and they got mad at him because he spent six pages talking about Bill Ayers wrote that. So Obama had uh, written the book about his background as this street kid in Hawaii who suffered all this racial discrimination and, you know, the Kenyan father. But in that book, he spends a lot of time talking about Frank Marshall Davis, all the time he spends with Frank Marshall Davis. And that's what got me curious. I started looking into Frank Marshall Davis, who wrote a biography called Live in the Blues. And there's all these photos of Davis in his own autobiography, and it looks just like Obama, and Obama looked nothing like the Kenyan. So that's what put, I put together this uh, film called Dreams for My Real Father to show the close relationship, the influence of this black Bolshevik communist um, named Frank Marshall Davis on Obama's policies. And I think you can see that they did have a tremendous influence, even by Obama's own admission. And I interviewed Malik Obama, the uh, alleged half-brother from Kenya. That was something was, else. Yeah, he was Obama's best man at wow. his wedding, and he looks nothing like him either. And he, he, he saw the film, and even based on Barack's behavior, he said that as soon as Obama became president, he wanted nothing to do with the Kenyans. Yeah, he didn't help. Well, I know that he's wanted nothing to do. He never went to Kenya, never invited them. He wanted a lot to do with them to build up this background story. Uh, but as soon as he became president, he wanted nothing to do with any of the Kenyan Obamas. And Malik ended up seeing the film and really pretty much agreeing that, that uh, this Obama could be a complete fraud and con. Yes, it's pretty cold-blooded to actually hear the words of um, his own brother uh, speaking about him and how... They they basically well how Obama basically wants nothing to do with them. Yeah, it was pretty sad. He even told the story when there when the aunt uh, died up in uh, Boston 
how he tried to get Barry Barack to give him, you know, some money to help send the body back to Kenya, and he refused. So yeah, it's on YouTube still. It's a Joel Gilbert interview with Malik Obama. Pretty revelatory. I think it's it's uh, something that will be of great interest for a long time to come. Yes, it's very wild. And on a side note, is it true Obama calls Michelle Obama Michael? No, I don't think so. I think that's a joke. That's just What's that nonsense. all about? Why do people on the internet uh, keep repeating this, uh, especially to me too? I don't know. I think that's just entertainment. I think it's just entertainment. I don't think it's uh, that's not true at all. I've heard people come on here even claiming that Michelle was a man. And of course, I have never gone uh, with no. any of those statements personally. Yeah, that's just so there's some silliness out there. There's real research, which is what I did on Obama's background. And you get a lot of silliness, too. And unfortunately, the real stuff is very serious because Obama made a big effort to divide the country. That's part of that uh, you know, community organizer thing he did in Chicago, really the real job is community agitator. They want people to protest. They want people to demand. They want people to be angry. That's the entire ideology of community organizing. Yeah, Joe, here, here's a good example of that. Uh, John Annan, or John Anon, in the chat room, rather, he says, Big Mike has her own bathroom. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that nonsense Ugh. anymore. If you want to talk about Obama, we will, but that's I've had it yes. with that silly I, silly stuff, okay? Don't quote me. Uh, definitely. I hear you more. Okay. No problem. Yes. And of course, now in terms of the recent times in the political realm, uh, many people have echoed that our current president is the one responsible for all the latest in division. What are your thoughts and reactions to that? Well, we've watched this thing play out, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, Operation Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, the Obama administration is, uh, it's, it's been very well documented that they had been using the intelligence agencies and the other tools of state the entire time they were in office. In 2012, don't forget, they used the IRS to uh, suppress and disperse the Tea Party movement. The Tea Party movement was a natural grassroots movement against mostly the financial abuses. Uh, of the federal government, and they made great strides and, you know, got rid of hundreds of, of uh, Democrats and elected Republicans in 2010, and Obama reacted by using the IRS to uh, break up all the Tea Party groups and Tea Party movements. So the grassroots movement of the Republicans was, uh, you know, disrupted and disbanded by the Obama administration. That was an illegal interference in the electoral process in 2012. Uh, Republicans didn't do too much about it. They investigated a little bit and got blown off. So, of course, a couple years later, Obama uses the DOJ, FBI, uh, CIA, or is learning, still learning more every day, to investigate uh, Trump and set him up to try to uh, d spy on his candidacy, spy on his campaign. It's still coming out day by day. It's still being investigated. And so it's a shocking abuse of power. But this is what uh, far left socialists do when they get into power. That's the history because their policies don't work. And the only way to keep power is to use the tools of state to maintain power. And we saw Obama do that. And you see the uh, Democrat candidates now, you can just see they're out in the open. It's not as stealth as it was during Obama's time. But uh, they're just saying, we want to get rid of the Electoral College. We want to get rid of the Second Amendment. We want to uh, stack the Supreme Court. 
So the whole socialist uh, agenda is an anti-democrat agenda because it, the, the policies themselves uh, don't do anything but cause misery and division, and using the, the tools of state is the only way they can stay in power. So Trump has been dealing with this since he's been president, and uh, he got over the, uh, the Russia hoax stuff. And so now they're trying the Ukraine hoax. The new, and it, yes. just, it just shows you how because socialism is so uncreative. Socialism is a war on creativity. So they can't think even of really original ideas. So all they can remember is, well, we used to work with the Russians a lot. Teddy Kennedy is known for going to work with the Russians and asking for help to, uh, you know, to defeat Ronald Reagan. Uh, many uh, uh, Soviet agents have been uh, infiltrated the Democrat Party over time. So the only thing they can think of is they say, well, let's say that Trump works for the Russians. And you'd think because that failed, they come up with something more original, but they just kind of recycled it into, well, you're asking the Ukrainians, you know. I thought when Trump re uh, released his uh, transcript that the whole thing would go away, but they, they don't care about facts anymore because the media is completely behind them. And uh, it, it's very shocking. And that's why it's important for uh, independent journalists like myself to to do to go deep dive and do the work that I've done, such as with this uh, George Zimmerman Trayvon Martin case, because if this had not happened, nothing of that nature would be going on right now. The media would not think they can get away with stuff when they could recreate George Zimmerman from a Hispanic minority advocate into a racist white white guy and nobody questioned it yes they realized they could get away with anything and it continues to this day and for the record i'm not affiliated to any political party and joe i'm not are you affiliated to any party joe uh no i'm not affiliated with any party Understood. Understood. And I also wanted to get your opinion on the current list of Democrats who are trying to take the chair from one Donald J. Trump. Um, what is your opinion after all the debates that we've seen so far? Uh, who do you think would even stand a chance, in your opinion? Uh, I think none of them would stand a chance. I mean, the, the thing that's most scary is, well, we have a two-party system, uh, pretty much, and one day someone from this party could win, whether it's 2020 or 24. Right. And they have absolutely promised to end the constitutional republic as we know it. They all want to have open borders. If you have open borders, that's the end of the United States. They want to eliminate amendment after amendment. Uh, that's very frightening, even if you know Trump only won by a couple thousand votes in a couple of states. Now, Hillary would have executed those same plans, and we would never have known how they were using the federal government against the American people, against the uh, political process. Uh, so it, 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 despite thinking none of them can win, if one of them do one day, there's not going to be any more uh, free elections after that, I, I fear. Um, even in this 2020, don't assume just because uh, – well, let me make two points. Number one is the polls are going to be uh, irrelevant because if you're a Trump supporter and a strange person calls you from an unknown number and says, who are you going to vote for? knowing what they would do is put you on a blacklist, try to get you fired from work, whatever it might be. No one is going to say Trump. You're going to be very careful, or you might just say Bernie just to mess with them. So the polls are going to be irrelevant. And um, look here in California, Motor Voter Act, illegal aliens are allowed to have now driver's licenses Incredible. and you automatically get registered to vote. So even if I say, well, Trump has an easy win, it doesn't mean the vote is going to be uh, – uh, fair or honest because we have vote in advance, vote three weeks in advance, vote by mail. 
you know, they have vote harvesting where leftist groups can come and pick up your ballots and take them to the polling station for you. There's so many ways now to game the system. You just have to wonder if we really will have fair elections. Yes, great points there. I was quite displeased myself with the Democratic candidates. I really don't think many of them have a chance. Uh, Joe Biden was ahead on polls the last time I checked, but again, you can't really you can't really accurately measure anything with polls today. And uh, some people think Joe Biden is completely done after all the latest scandals uh, are surfacing now, Joe. Yeah, I, I never, even though he was leading the polls, I didn't. I I don't think that's yeah, uh, hard to believe. He, he's anyone's really going to support him. Uh, I don't think he'd have much of a chance. So I I expected either to be Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris, even though she's down in the polls. Uh, there's a lot of media pushing for her and polling for her, and a lot of people think she'd be the best uh, contrast uh, from the Democrat side to go up against Trump. And how are you currently right now in terms of Donald J. Trump? Where do you stand with him? Uh, can you be more specific? Uh, in other words, are you completely satisfied with his current run? And will you be, well, I don't know if I should even ask you, but will you be supporting him on his next run? Well, I was originally a Cruz supporter, uh, I believe. And then I went over to, I, I was in favor of Trump. Uh, I, I believe that, uh, that Trump is simply the only thing standing between the, uh, the Democrat socialist agenda, the deep state, uh, the abuses of power, the corruption under Obama, that uh, Trump is the only thing standing between them and us. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Obama had this slogan that I had in my film. Uh, he said, of course, people remember when he said, we're going to fundamentally transform America. And no one exactly knew what he meant by that. But he had something that people didn't always hear. And it's in my film where he says, the American people will embrace the change. And the theory of socialism is you're going to impose all these rules. You can't have this. Now, now you can't have cars. You can't have emissions. You can't have light bulbs. You can't have guns. You can't say this. You can't say that. This is the change where they are the, the, uh, the rulers who, who, who know better than everybody else. And they say, as soon as we impose all these changes, everyone will eventually grow to love it. That's the theory of socialism. I'll, and, yeah. I'll be honest with you. A part of me doesn't like Donald, and another part of me really does like him. Um, what I mean by that is, of course, your book, The Art of the Insult, I, I think you cover it quite, quite well. And some of the things that I do like about him, I do like the whole pro wrestling uh, gimmick and aspect of him. I do like that he used those sort of promotions to get himself over with America. I th I think that was actually a brilliant move on his part, and he's qu he's quite amusing, Joe, and I do like him on a personal level. Yeah, well, he uh, people forget that his real he became famous because of real estate, but right. the last twenty years he was actually much more active in the entertainment business than he was in real estate. He had The Apprentice for about fifteen years. He promoted professional boxing, of course, Miss America, right. pro wrestling. He owned a USFL team. So here's someone that was really in the entertainment business and understood marketing and branding and uh, how to uh, to express himself in succinct ways and how to promote himself and promote his messaging. So he really was and is uh, an entertainment professional, even more so than a real estate guy. And I think people didn't understand that how much it was weighted on the entertainment side. And when you see my film, Trump, the Art of the Insult, I think you can really appreciate it. Great stuff. And, of course, I do wanted to ask you a few more things before I, I let you go here. 
But I, I was curious your take on Jeffrey Epstein and how quickly the uh, mainstream media really has let it go. I don't know. I haven't followed it. I don't know too much about it. Um, I thought that uh, Epstein's lawyer made a good point when he died. The lawyer put out a statement saying, look, this this guy would not have been uh, arrested or even put in prison if not for the fact that Trump had employed his prosecutor as a uh, cabinet member and that there was no reason for him to have been kept in solitary or in prison. They could have let him go home with a uh, you know, an electronic GPS, that it was way overkill, and that essentially he had, the lawyer said he'd served his sentence, even though people didn't agree with it, he served his sentence like 10 or 15 years ago, that these were all new allegations. So that did disturb me a little bit that, uh, was it really necessary, did they have to, to throw someone in prison uh, without, uh, you know, getting to the point where someone would kill themselves or, as some people suspect, might have, may have been targeted? Understood. Pretty interesting, I, I thought, that Jeffrey Epstein, it's it's really wild how how he's been able to do all these sort of things. Yeah, not, not an area I know a lot about, honestly. Yeah, it's okay. It's just something that it's a interesting sort of a story that has a lot of people wanting to know more uh, about. And uh, speaking of which, are, are you currently doing any other uh, works right now in terms of uh, filmmaking or books in the works, Joe? Well, uh, I've got a couple uh, projects and ideas always in development. Uh, right now, we just released uh, the Trayvon hoax, uh, Unmasking the Witness Fraud that Divided America. So I'm kind of full-time doing interviews and promotions and might be going to do some book signings in Florida as well as some film screenings. So I probably won't have a new film for a while, uh, for a little while, but I'm really going to enjoy talking about this because I think it's so important to uh, explain and expose how this case uh, divided America for no reason. It led directly to that Ferguson effect, been a crime disaster for black neighborhoods, homicides up 33 percent. And I think if we can really look, go back and look at this case, and I've got a lot of emails even from black teenagers, and they say, man, we grew up on this stuff. We thought that uh, you know, Trayvon was, you know, victimized and all this. And now they realize it was all a hoax that Rachel Gentile was not on the phone with him. She was not his girlfriend. They switched her out. And the real phone witness, uh, you know, knew a completely different story. And everyone got manipulated. They got played. We all got played by this race hoax. And people are, I think, in a hope, really open their eyes to realize this entire racial division racial narrative is complete nonsense. I grew up in Tennessee in the 80s, and we all grew up together, black and white kids. We're all friends. There was no N-word. I never heard the N-word. It was. It's just insane that 30 years later, they want to tell us, the Democrats want to tell us that America's racist. And, oh, okay, well, if it, you don't see racism, it's in the system. Okay. Oh, it's in your DNA. It's just disgusting and stupid and nonsensical, and hopefully this film will make people realize that for sure and how do you personally feel about rachel gentel's role in all of this my friend well look uh pretending to be someone else at a murder trial oh my goodness you know is very serious uh, <laughs> uh, george zimmerman could have could have gotten years in prison or maybe the death penalty and uh she did at the end of her first interview she did tell the prosecutors i ain't know about it twice i feel guilty she tried to get out of it uh but then she proceeded to go ahead and testify against zimmerman and uh, she was an 18-year-old ninth grader. She'd been held back two years. She read on a fourth grade level, if she could read at all. 
So uh, at first I was trying to feel a little uh, sympathy toward her a little bit, but uh, she did a uh, Jay-Z did a six-part series called Rest in Power last year on the Trayvon Martin case, very incendiary, all the lies and, and nonsense, and he damn near got Andrew Gillum elected governor by inciting all this race stuff. And there was Rachel Gentile again in Jay-Z's documentary lying again, pretending to be Diamond Eugene. They even played excerpts. God bless Jay-Z. They played excerpts of that phone call with Crump, and it sounded nothing like, you know, and Rachel's sitting there just lying and so I I don't feel too much sympathy for her because she didn't have to come back eight years late, six years later and lie again. She's the first one that needs to come forward. I mean, she committed perjury as an 18 year old, as an adult, and uh, the the consequences have just been horrific. Would Would you like them, Joel, to come forward and to uh, tell the American people the truth? Absolutely. I mean, I I think we. I, I do these films because not only to tell a story, but I hope it has a greater good to educate people and, and resolve things. And certainly Rachel Gentile needs to come forward and admit that she lied uh, in court, that she was not on the phone with Trayvon. It's all completely proven in the film, the phone records, DNA, handwriting samples. Diamond Eugene should come forward. Trayvon's mother, when it happened, she wasn't in on it at when it was planned, but as soon as the witness switch was made, she knew about it, and uh, she knew Rachel Gentile was not Diamond Eugene. She'd met her. She'd talked to her mother. She'd been to her house. Uh, she you know, talked on the phone with her. She knew Rachel was not Diamond Eugene, and I'm not going to spoil the film. You can actually see the exact moment and the evidence. So she needs to come forward. She wants to be a politician. You know, she's running for Miami-Dade commissioner. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, so she, wow. needs, she needs, yeah, she needs to come <laughs> clean because uh, just because Trayvon died in this tragic death does not mean that hundreds of other black kids had to die because of this racial strife that happened afterwards. So now my mouth is open or my jaw is hanging here, uh, Joe. I, I did not know that. Wow. Well, you got to watch the movie, she read is, the ebook. Uh, <laughs> she's really the trying Trayvon to do that. Com. So she's all in. She's really going to try to do this. She's running for, for office. And, wow. Uh, I hope uh, when this film disseminates a little more, it's only been out for about 10 days, but uh, hopefully some reporters will ask her to, to come forward and tell the truth. My goodness. And Joe, another thing I did want to ask you, in, in terms of InfoWars, are you still affiliated with those people? I did a number of interviews over the years on my films. I did a couple guest host spots and haven't done that for well over a year. Yeah, I was going to say. I have not heard from them. I was going to say, I haven't seen you um, out there yet. Yeah, I'm doing mostly, uh, unfortunately, mostly conservative uh, talk radio. I wish some of the uh, middle of the road, I guess there's not that many liberal talk radio shows, but I'm hoping to do more and more um, radio and ultimately TV. I mean, Hannity covered the Zimmerman case more than anybody. He actually interviewed George. I thought you were on Hannity at one time. Uh, I I was, that's a different story, but I wanted to tell you about how. Oh, go ahead. Hannity covered the Zimmerman case. Uh, He interviewed Zimmerman. He was all over it. So you'd think that with his film coming out, I did send the information to his producers, and they haven't called me. So you're just a little disappointing that uh, a lot of the so-called mainstream conservative people are still a little don't quite understand how important this case was to, um, you know, to uh, changing the country for for the worse. And it's very important to go back and look at it. Uh, and re-examine it and look at what really happened. So I'd certainly hope that Hannity would want to have me on or, uh, you know, examine the evidence because uh, it was such an important case that he covered so so well. Yes. Hannity was all over it for that short period of time. He was talking about it all day, every day. 
Uh, but now it seems like their whole coverage is just primarily on uh, what's going on with which. Well, Hannity in particular, he, he's been uh, still talking about the fake dossier. Yeah, he's all over that story. It does not stop, little, though. Yeah, it gets a little repetitive over time. Um, but uh, people have been following uh, the changes at Fox News, of course. Uh, there seems to be kind of a conservative ghetto that might be holding up the stock price uh, between Hannity, Tucker, and Laura in the evening. And they tend to go a little more liberal during the day, it seems. And uh, you might have seen the Roger Ailes, uh, you know, the loudest voice series on Showtime. Uh, I did follow it. And I remember my film, Dreams from My Real Father, a friend of mine took it to Roger Ailes and showed it to him before it even came out and said, maybe you want to have Joel come on and talk about Obama's background and you don't have to agree with it or not. You can have him on one of the shows. And Roger Ailes watched the entire hour and a half movie in his office with him. And when the film was over, Roger Ailes said to my friend, this is incredible, but we can't touch this. So that's that, weird. That was even in 2012. They made some decision that they can't talk about Obama's background. They were afraid of, you know, getting accused of something. Uh, and they had also lost Glenn Beck recently. If you remember, Glenn Beck was Glenn very Beck. strong on Obama's background. Like he was saying, look, who who believes this kind of stuff? Who do you know that that wants to apologize for America? Who do you know that has friends who are terrorists? Who do you know? You know, Glenn Beck was heavy on this Obama's background. And uh, the media matters and those types went advertisers. They went after them. And they couldn't sell advertisers, so they had to let Glenn Beck go. So even back then, it was already trying to stay away from certain subjects that, you know, yeah, you're Fox gonna, News. You're going to have to do this. OAN, One America News Network, OAN is just fantastic. They're, I think they're going to end up taking over that Fox audience that they're running away from. Uh, they were at my press conference in D.C., One America News. Uh, Chanel Rion was the correspondent, did a great job. And they're just covering it like it is. They're not afraid of any subjects. Yeah, that's one thing that I am concerned for you, Joel, is the popularity in what's called the cancel culture now. And we've seen plenty of this all over Twitter and uh, Facebook and all over the place, really. And, uh, Joel, people like you and me, uh, they'll try to censor us, my friend, eventually. No, let's hope not. I, uh, it's certainly something to watch out for. We never know if we're being shadow banned or something. That uh, happened to me already. <laughs> I, I, I found once I put something out there, it takes them a few years sometimes, but uh, they end up kind of getting embarrassed into covering something. I mean, Hannity sounds like I, like I used to talk in 2014, my film There's No Place Like Utopia, where I went around talking to progressive people in progressive cities and People were all, you know, unemployed and very unhappy with how things were going. And I talked about how uh, socialism was this road to nowhere and how the Democrats were really socialists and radicals. And nobody would talk like that at that time. Now I turn on Hannity. It sounds like me, but he was five years behind the times, you know. Uh, so we hope, uh, you know, the, the media will pick up on these stories. And this one is so compelling. I'm showing all the proof that Rachel Gentile perjured herself in the biggest racial trial since OJ, and it divided the country. And not only that, but I'm giving you the name of the real witness, and she's in the movie, uh, the real person that was uh, was substituted from. And I think that hopefully will prove irresistible. They're going to have to cover it. Yes, sir. They're going to have to, for sure. This is a pretty uh, hard-hitting uh, piece that you did. And again, I'm very impressed with all your work that you've done. You went beyond... What normal journalists uh, would even do, my friend? Yeah, well, I went to the, you know, Miami, the background is a little Haiti because Diamond Eugene and, you know, Rachel, they have a Haitian background. 
I uh, went to uh, Tallahassee, the capital city of Florida, of course, to Sanford to meet George Zimmerman, and uh, just dove into all the uh, public documents that were available. And then I had to cross-reference Trayvon's cell phone records with um, all the Twitter accounts and social media, Facebook accounts of all his friends. And the first thing you realize is you say, wait, they, they put way too much information on, on social media. And it's just all there. It's right in front of your eyes. And it's just uh, amazing that no one else chose to do what I did. Indeed, my friend. And of course, you are out there in the Los Angeles area. And I had to tell you before we wrap up things I hear, I wanted to ask you about Los Angeles and the homeless issue. I'm sure you've been uh, down Skid Row a number of times yourself. Well, when you drive downtown, especially, it's the first thing you notice, and it's right. gotten worse uh, over yeah. time. Yeah. And this is a – look, I've also been going to New York City uh, every couple months for years for business and other reasons. And also, it's taken a downturn. You didn't used to see homeless people just lying on Fifth Avenue, just laying out like it's their living room with all their furniture. And it's a phenomenon that's happened in uh, most of these Democratic-run cities. Um, in my film, There's No Place Like Utopia, of course, I was in Detroit where it was just a total disaster. Uh, so many abandoned buildings, homeless people. This is the result of these Democrat-run cities where they've been in control for 50, 60 years. They raise and raise the taxes. The businesses end up not being able to function. They leave. And then the people end up uh, without jobs. Uh, and having to sleep on the street, or they also leave, and you have these abandoned cities. So you don't have to go too far back in history or too far around the world to see the results of uh, socialist government and corruption. It's right in our American inner cities. Yeah, a few weeks ago, by the way, I needed to assist a gentleman outside of a he was outside of a building, uh, passed out. Well, coming in and out of consciousness, he was um, high. I'm pretty sure on heroin. He um. In his hands, he had a, an ID and a syringe. So uh, heroin is a big problem out there and out here as well. Yeah, well, it's it's not pretty, and uh, hopefully there'll be some initiatives to uh, – but, but it's just the system. It's the idea that of, of uh, high taxation on businesses, restrictions on businesses such that they can't function, and they end up leaving these cities, leaving no employers – and then there's not enough tax base to support the government programs. They're always expanding. And, of course, they bring in illegals and give them all these services. And it's a it's a uh, destructive path. And you're starting to see it in downtown L.A. But, you know, you go to Detroit and you see the end game of what it can actually lead to. And uh, we need free enterprise. We need, uh, you know, lower taxes to allow business to thrive. People can be employed. It, it's not a... Um, you know, something new. It's it's all there for people to look at the results uh, and the differences between free markets and government control. Yes, sir. And also uh, the people that passed Proposition 57, which was just asinine, in my opinion, that would be the nonviolent felonies and crimes. Uh, there's a lot more than just what some people think what that actually means. And some of those people that do those sort of offenses, uh, if you would actually know the reality of what that is, uh, most people in California would not have let that bill pass at all. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. I mean, I've, I've visited some prisons before and, uh, you know, you meet some of these inmates and some of them you feel very sorry for. They say, hey, I sure. was on a three strikes law. You know, they, they did something that wasn't that big a deal for strike number three. It's, oh, my God. Uh, so the, I, I do believe in the prison reform that uh, 
Trump has initiated. There's there's a lot of stories of, of people that got long, severe sentences that yeah. maybe weren't weren't all that necessary. It's a bit. It's uh, a it's a multi layered issue. Yeah, as things usually are. And Joe, as we wrap things up here, I, I didn't really talk too much into your personal life, and I, I really don't like to do those sort of things. But uh, Joe, are you married? You don't have to say. Yeah, well, look, uh, we're going like to wrap okay. up. Just talk about the film. It's the uh, TrayvonHoax.com, and uh, you can get the ebook, book, live stream right there online. It's links you over to Vimeo and also the paperback on Amazon. And I think you'll really make your head spin. Everyone that's seen this who's uh, written reviews, they're saying they're mad, they're angry, they cried. And uh, they're all – I have not had one negative word. They just said the research is incredible. It's all there. And uh, a reckoning needs to come to end this uh, race nonsense that uh, got thrust upon America since 2012. Yes, of course. And, of course, your website is joegilbert.net, if I, if I recall correctly, my friend. That's correct. And uh, Highway 61 Entertainment, that's my main corporate site. You can see all my films. It's Highway – H-I-G-H-W-A-Y-6-1-E-N-T for entertainment, highway61ent.com. But the movie of the day, of course, is uh, the thetrayvonhoax.com. So, you know, thanks for having me, and I, I enjoyed our discussion. Yes, no problem, my friend. Great to talk to you, and we'll do this again in the near future, my friend. All right, thanks again. Right, take care. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Joel Gilbert. Definitely check out his work. That's joelgilbert.net, J-O-E-L. G-I-L-B-E-R-T dot net for those who needed that. And of course, we will be going on a little break in a moment here. Definitely want you to stick around. Much more coming up after this little break. Stay tuned, my friends. I didn't want to party anymore. I didn't want to play games anymore. I grew up. I'd already been in the fights, all the big rituals. I'd already had probably, a, I hate to brag, I'm not bragging, it's actually shameful, probably 150 women or more. That's conservative. I'd had over 150 women. I'd already been in fights with full-grown men. I was already dating college girls by the time I was 15 years old. I was already a man. And welcome back to the second half of the program. Good to see you out there, wherever you may be on this island earth. And of course, I am joined. By yet another soul, Mr. Bobby Blades. What's going on, my friend? Yo, what's up? <laughs> can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I'm hearing you loud and clear. Were you able to hear the, the music, by the way? Uh, just for a moment. Just but for a I moment. recognized Careless Whisper anywhere. So you were into it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck you, yeah, man. You were all in. Uh, I'm a child of the 80s, bro. Right on, right on, right on, my friend. And, of course, it is that time... Uh, to do the second half of this program, but before we do, I mean, it, it is a Saturday night, so I do have to do this right here. You know, I, I gotta open that. Oh yeah, gotta and, open uh, that up. Make here. sure you take a, a couple more hits from the bong too. Oh, you heard that? No, I didn't, but I was just making sure that you did it. Maybe someone heard. Huh? Of course they heard. Sounds like a fucking Cypress Hill concert. Well, that's what was going on back here. That's what was going on, and of course, Bobby Blades here. Live and direct, he has drawn assignment to do second microphone here, and I'm pleased that you are here, my friend. Hey, I'm glad to be here, dude. Yes, did you did you happen to hear the the first interview there? Yeah. What'd you think? Was that no. terrible or was it good? Uh, was it the shits? What was it? Dude, that that was pretty fucking interesting. I gotta say, usually, um, 
I'm scratching my head most of the time through the interviews. Me too. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? But, I say uh, that often. Don't worry. Yeah, but no, this one was pretty good. Uh, he actually brought forth some evidence and wasn't making wild claims. Um, I don't agree with everything he said, but it was definitely some shit to make you think. Were you wearing a hoodie? I was not wearing a hoodie. It's I'm, too fucking hot. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. I'm doing it for Trayvon. I <laughs> represent Trayvon. I'm keeping, it, I'm keeping it real tonight. Yeah. That's right. Black Lives Matter, bro. Oh, yes. That was fun, though. That was a great interview. I had a great time uh, talking to Mr. Joel Gilbert. Oh, no. Eyes wide shut in chat room says, Joel was an asshole. <laughs> I didn't expect to hear that. Oh, wow. I didn't think so. Did he, did he sound like a prick to you? No, he didn't sound like a prick. Yeah, he didn't sound like a, a, a prick at all. I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah, you have gator. I have asshole radar. So well, that, hap well, that happens. <laughs> well, that happens when you live in California. You pick up on these things. And it's not a joke either. It's true. Yeah, I'm sure you run into <laughs> a lot of people. Oh, yeah. You'd be surprised, my friend. I'm thinking that the guy I found... Uh, just uh, the other day that it was on heroin. I think he might have been uh, perhaps on the limp-wristed side, my friend. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So, I mean, you know, if you want to rock it that was, way, it's cool. Yeah, maybe he was looking for you to save his life. I think he was looking for anyone to save his life. <laughs> Shit. Jesus, that, that heroin, man. It's fucking scary, man. You can't That's handle it. Almost as bad as the vape cartridges you, you got down there in the, the what's it called? The, the bootleg? The toy ones? district? The, the bootleg uh, vape uh, carts that have been going around. Yeah, from China. Aren't you? Aren't aren't you someone who vapes? By the way, um, I vape dry flower. I don't use liquids. No, no flavored tobacco for you. No, I cut that shit out three years ago. That's probably a smart thing to do. Definitely. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that, man. You get sick. Like I, I noticed it right away when vaping yeah. just a little bit. I noticed that thing was tearing up the throat right away. Yeah, even if you're smoking. Um, if you like it get it causes depression after a while you can you can feel like your head is compressing and you just feel sad and like you don't want to do shit you were depressed <laughs> yeah tell me more about this depression well it sucked ass like i, I would smoke <laughs> it sucked and, I, ass. and i would feel like shit <laughs> i'm like what the, what am i doing with my life you know that's funny i think we've all gone through that at a time or two eventually oh, yeah. eventually we'll go through that you know, wait till you hit your 40s, man. Oh, my. I'm not quite there yet. But that already... Getting closer. That already, that already depresses me, just thinking about that. <laughs> Thanks for ringing me down. Now I'm going to have to drink myself to sleep tonight. Oh, shit. My God. <laughs> You're going to be in a fetal position uh, in the corner of your room? Yet again. That's uh, that's every night. <laughs> oh, that's every night. Okay. That's every night. I'm, I'm a, I fall asleep in the corner of the room. Just depressed, <laughs> crying. Oh shit, that's terrible. Just hating my life. Yeah. It happens. It's though. these it's these fucking people you gotta deal with. Oh gosh. I forgot I told you all about that. <laughs> oh man, you got some stories. Definitely. Well, you know, I don't get to tell anyone about these sort of things. So I, I need a rant about these things to someone and you've been uh the guy for me to to, <laughs> you know, express myself in, in a good way. In a way that I won't get myself in trouble, in other words. I've been the friendly ear. You really have. You really have. And, um, uh, I, you know, I hate talking about this sort of stuff, but this is a talk show and I have to talk about it. Yeah. There's been lots of drama. 
What the fuck is Bossman insinuating in the chat room if I know Gary? I Why, do know. I sound like him? I have no clue. He, he Bossman is on his own little trip there, which <laughs> is sure okay. I, pretty sure I don't sound like, uh, shit, I forgot his name already. No, you but don't. But yeah, that, that fucking guy. No, you don't. You, you don't sound like him. Trust me, every everyone would have said that by now. <laughs> but yes, lo- lots of drama, lots of, um, oof. I forgot how many people I'm currently in some feud with. And the thing is, I don't even mind. I can use the you press. Like that. Uh, yeah, I could use the press. I could use the controversy, the content. There's so much I want to tell the listeners out there. There's you even put that shit on your Patreon. You can get that money. Yeah, on the Patreon. That's a good idea. There's so many stories I can't tell here. But yes, maybe the Patreon, I'll be able to talk more about these glorious events down the line. Uh, but Bobby, again, I do want to uh, thank you for being a part of the program here and hanging out with me here tonight and uh, doing second mic. No doubt, man. It's always a fucking good time whenever I come on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a nobody, but I still get lots of pretty good guests. I mean, I would like to be on some sort of top show talking to, uh, you know, like a Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, but I have Bobby Blades here, no offense to you. And, you know, I, I have to sort of... <laughs> did you like that, by the way? Yeah, that was pretty good. I buried you like that. Yeah. That's how you do it. See, it was fun, right? Well, you you can't bury someone who's still underground, though. So. That's true, but I mean, you know, I'm not, I can't I can't punch up. I have to punch down now. I have you here. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said you'd never punch down. You're always punching above. Yeah. So what's going on, man? Oh, you, you know, you've fallen so far in, in the course of a week. Got to punch up. Got to punch down wherever you can, <laughs> especially when you're in my spot. Shit. But yeah, man, I, I've shown you. Um, the e- several emails, some um, current emails, and one in particular that comes to mind is one with Mr. Mike Rogers. Oh, yeah. That's right. The one I read today. We're going to call him. Let, let's do it. Let's call him let's up. Call let's him see up. what's going on. Let's call him up. Let's settle this beef. Fuck yeah. Let's, let's do, do this. it. Hash it out right on the Let's air. do it right now. Enough of the enough of the, the talking, or the emailing, rather. Let's Let's try calling. And uh, squaring this away on air here. That's right. You can ask him why he's so beta. Yeah, why is he acting this way? Let's find out. Hopefully he answers his phone. Oh, I'm sure he will. Hello? Uh, Mike, what's going on, my friend? Uh, Well, you sent me this email uh, talking about Joel. and um, What happened? uh, Yeah. 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 Mike, I I just want, you know, we are live on the air right now, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to tell you because, um, Mike, Mike what, what's going on? We we had this sort of miscommunication as of late, and, and I wanted to uh, square things away with you, my friend. Good. That sounds good. Yeah. You, uh, you're a very mm-hmm. highly distracted person. You, I am. Uh, you, uh, I yeah. know. I, I told I, you. I realize that. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of anyway. nonsense going on, Mike, and, and you know, I'm, I apologize that I can't email you right away that, you know, I, I would like to, don't get me wrong. You know, I like you, Mike. Oh, I know. Yes, I know. But what happened, anyway, Mike? You, you were like, you you kind of went a, a little crazy on me in your emails. You were starting to insult me a little bit. I wasn't insulted personally, but you were kind of throwing shots yeah. at me. And uh, trust me, I, I don't mind that sort of thing. I actually like it, to be honest. I think it's amusing. However, well, we got past that, didn't we? We sure did. But I'm I'm wondering, why did you why did you think that way of me, though? Well, because I was sending you emails, and then I sent you another one behind that. It was like two weeks before you answered my email. 
and then I apologize. Told me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You finally told me that it was because you were so distracted. That's and, true. And, uh, and you only get your email over your phone and stuff like that. And then I understood what the problem was. <laughs> yeah, but you you sort of said that I was egotistical, and you started uh, you started really oh, going I didn't at say me there. Egotistical. I said maybe you were. Oh, maybe I said you were acting that way. Acting and that way. Okay, then maybe I misread. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, you know, when somebody mm -hmm. like uh, doesn't answer an email and they've been doing it before, you know, just almost like the next day or some, uh, and and they do this like two or three times in a row, you you start to wonder what the problem is. And uh, my my okay. thinking was maybe it was because you're you think too much for yourself. <laughs> you don't think much of me, something like that, you know. Oh, not at all, Mike. You well, know, that's all I was thinking. Mike, you know, I like you, my friend. I know you do. Uh, you're a good man. I like you. You're a good man. And I was just confused. I was thinking, why on earth is Mike saying these things? That's why I thought, I need to, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> well, you did say we need to make contact by phone, so I guess we are now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And um, what's been going on with yeah. you, Mike? Oh, well, I've been doing a lot of radio stuff and stuff, things like that. Uh, I, uh, I've sent you several uh, suggestions for a show. And I do have uh, uh, some shows right now, actual several shows scheduled with other hosts. I'm all in, Mike. And I'm you know trying that. to get something scheduled with you. I'm all in. And uh, yeah, you are all in. And that's I'm all what in. you finally told me. I just haven't uh, actually presented you with the time frame that you're looking for. You're already familiar with the subjects, you know. At least I think you are. <laughs> if you read it off your phone, <laughs> Amazing. I do tend to go on and on with my emails, you know. I hear you. I hear you. But, of course, you brought up Travis Walton. You want to do an interview yes. with him as well. Yeah. Well, actually, he could actually be a part of uh, this uh, ancient Chinese petroglyph uh, expedition through uh, the middle of Arizona. And the reason why he would be a very good guest and part of this, as well as the, uh, the president of the Southwestern Petroglyph Society, who also happens to live in Snowflake, we're talking uh, major uh, uh, cosmic alignment here. Uh, that's the main thing is, you know, this Chinese expedition actually went right through Snowflake, which happens to be where the Petroglyph Society president lives, where Travis Wallen lives. And I, I live 20 miles up the hill from there and used to live in Snowflake. And my, my friend Richard and I used to go right down that same canyon where all those petroglyphs, the Chinese petroglyphs are. Right. I mean, that's it's just a route along the way. And uh, uh, we used to wonder what those were. Now, later on, uh, a guy by the name of uh, or John Rushkamp uh, made this Chinese connection because uh, he was the first uh, guy that started up the Southwestern Petroglyph Society. And then, of course, my friend Richard later became uh, president of that. Mm. And and Richard then started finding things. In fact, he's the one that found them uh, in Snowflake and west of Snowflake and east of Snowflake. Uh, but it went right through Snowflake, which is just such a, um, a synchronicity thing. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then, you know, what was really funny is that this is the 44th anniversary coming up here of the uh, Travis Walton experience, okay? Right. Uh, 44 years ago, and we were we were booked to do this show on Petroglyphs on KGRA, and uh, it was it was booked for 11 to 5. I knew I knew the connection there, you know. And then finally, uh, Alan Smith, the the host of that show, uh, finally made the connection. And when he did, he was oh wow, you know. I said yeah, I was hoping you would. I didn't want to mention it, you know. 
and he was actually advertising this ancient Chinese expedition through the Southwest. We're talking 3,000 years ago. Chinese were seafarers way back 3,000 years ago, and they landed on the East Coast between San Diego and L.A., and there's all sorts of evidence of that, and, and there's a, a, an actual path created with their petroglyphs, which were mixed in with um, not right in the middle of uh, Indian, you know, ancient Indian petroglyphs, but they're like on other rocks or to the side of the Indian petroglyphs, you know? Right. In their own little cartouche, so to, say, so to speak, you know? And, uh, and they go right across as kind of a wavy line because it was following the firewood you know, where, you know, where they could constantly have, have fires. There's a lot of desert in Arizona and everything, especially up above Arizona. And uh, anyway, that's what created the, the way the path went. But it goes way off into New Mexico and everything. And uh, anyway, it was, it was so cool. That alone is just cool. But the fact that it went right through Snowflake and this show that was scheduled for the Petroglyph show, uh, you know, a radio show. Right. Uh, on the 11-5, which is the date of, of the, you know, UFO thing, Travis Walton and, and our UFO thing. Uh, it, it was right then, just synchronicity. You, and there's a whole lot of other synchronicity I won't go into right now. All right, it's no just, problem. Uh, actually scary to me. <laughs> yes. And That's, I was One of the things I was going to pitch to you, mm -hmm. Travis Walton combined with that because it just all ties in in amazing ways. Well, let's let's do it, Mike. Let's yeah. get this. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get the ball like rolling. To, yeah. Well, whenever whenever um, whenever you you feel compelled enough to come on your Saturday, uh, tell Travis and we'll we'll do a show. Yeah. Well, in uh, November fifth, I know it isn't exactly the date that your show would be on. Uh, I think your closest would be like four days before that. Because I think that's not, yeah, it is. It's on a Tuesday. Eleven five is on a Tuesday. Well, if that's what's open, uh, let's let's do it then. Okay, well, that's cool with that me. Saturday before then, that would be great. I'm good. Yes, Let, let's do it then. Uh, I know Travis would because he's already done show one show like that, and he's been speaking that, that way. In fact, he spoke at a convention of the uh, Southwestern Petroglyph Society just two nights ago, and he made the connection there. You know, that was a, a live presentation with the, with the group, but uh, and it was packed. By the way, it was a small room, and there it was SRO, and uh, it was. <laughs> chaotic <laughs> nice but, you know he really had a turnout there and it was all about the chinese petroglyph expedition that's three thousand years ago that's very interesting and i do look forward to talking to uh, i forgot the name of the the gentleman that you did mention during that yeah he's my friend uh, richard gonzalez there we the go one who would be on with him yes uh the person that made the connection was name is uh, uh uh john uh Rushcamp, uh but he doesn't do a lot of that anymore, you know, presentations, radio or whatever. He's getting kind of old and he's younger than me, but he's still getting kind of old, but I don't think he's capable like I am. <laughs> anyway. Amazing. Uh, otherwise we would have him on, but, um, okay. yeah, that is just, it's really so cool. I, I'm very excited. Well, I'm down my friend whenever, uh, November 5th or that Saturday of, um, when exactly is that? Yeah, on? Your, the ninth. Your show would be like the first, I think. The second or the ninth or November first, no, November first or second, one yeah, of those two, which is your Saturday. Yeah, let's make it happen. Very good. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, I'm very, glad, very good. I'm glad we can square this away then. <laughs> yes. All right, my friend. And, uh, you say we're live right now? We're live right now. Wow. This is the I show. I kind of lost track of that for a while, <laughs> and I come back to me. You said that. That's okay. Anyway. Very good. Uh, is uh, Joel off now? Yeah, is he, he gone? Yeah, he's already gone. Joel uh, Gilbert, yes. Okay. 
So you're kind of having a personal interest story now? Oh yeah, we're just um, we're just doing some uh, straight shooting here. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm a straight shooter. I'm, we all are and, here. Uh, oh yeah. That's <laughs> how we roll. You are that's for sure. That's true. You have to put up a lot of strange stuff on your show in order to, you know, entertain guests and all that. I do. I have to jump through hoops every day. They're very straight, you know. I know you do. <laughs> that's that's what I signed and up that's for. That's a hard job. You know, uh, KGRA is considering me for my own show on KGRA, and uh, I have a real good concept for that. I'll talk to you about that later. But uh, cool, okay. That's really cool. Nice. Well, I'm glad things are looking and, up for you, uh, my friend. Yes, it is. Uh, I've been on a lot, a lot of radio lately, and I've, I've bridged over from Travis Walton, and then of course I went into the Phoenix Lights, which is another whole thing. And that's also ties right into this fall. You know, just synchronicity that won't quit. Uh, but uh, anyway, amazing. <laughs> I won't get all, into all that. Yes. Well, thank you but, so uh, much. Yeah, for, everything, yeah. Is, everything well, is real cool. Well, thanks for, yeah, thank you for, for picking up the phone and uh, talking to us here. All righty. Yeah, I'll thank talk. Thank you, my friend. All right, Mike. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. All right, take care. Bye-bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Bobby, did you hear that? Oh, yeah. I heard quite a bit of it. Didn't expect that, did you? No, you you could have done a whole show like that. Yeah, pretty much. A whole half of the show. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, you know, Mike, he, he's a good guy. Yeah, he, I'm sure he's got a lot to say. Boy, he, he kept the conversation going. He really did. He really did. I thought I thought it was going to be a bit more combative than that. <laughs> uh, maybe it's only through email that he is. He was like super fired up. Oh, yeah. He, he was ready to go. I think he was going to do a we show were, with you tonight. I thought we were going to do some verbal sparring here. It didn't happen. No. That, I think it's... Uh, isn't that strange? Have that, isn't that have strange? That <laughs> isn't that strange? Um, <laughs> as soon as you, you talk to me, that sort of goes away. Yeah. Like, you can be angry, and then you hear your voice, and, you know, it kind of soothes the savage beast. You'd be surprised how many times I've heard that. <laughs> but, you know, I have to I have to start things off here... With uh, something that comes to mind, Mr. Bobby Blades, almost 2019, my fr- I mean, almost 2020, I should say. And I'm, I'm just, I, I can't, I can't fucking believe it. Oh, yeah. I can't We're believe getting it. closer and closer. You know, if I could pick one image, and I, and I did a tweet about this, if I could pick one image to sum up 2019, I have an image for you, Bobby. All right, I'm I gotta not, see this. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I'm gonna put it up in the chat room right now. And uh, I, should I get my vomit bucket? No, not at all. Oh, okay, good. But Thank I you. do want your thoughts and opinions, of course, on this photograph, and I am looking for it right now. And now I can't find it. And now I can't find it, Bobby. I'm blaming <laughs> this on you. Uh, Vic says. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's Belle Delphine, is that true? No, it's not her. Okay. I found it now. Oh, I found it. Are you in the chat room now? Yes, I am. And we'll put this up here in a moment. Let's see what we're dealing with. Oh, yes. Oh, that was the wrong photo. 
I'm sorry about that, folks. I, I chose the wrong photo, and I had to take it down before you can see it. <laughs> wrong photo. That's not the right one. That was pornography. I'm glad they didn't see that one. That one, that one would have got us kicked off. Mm, there we go. Definitely porn then, huh? It was definitely porn. Now, look at here. Uh, I'm looking, but I'm not seeing. Oh, I'm seeing it. Okay, hold on. I might have to refresh. Okay, now I see it. There we go. Now, this photograph and here sums up that's fucking scary. Is that 2019? Is that, is that Hillary Clinton's daughter or something? No, that's Ivanka Trump. Oh, Jesus Christ. Look at that. Why does she look like Hillary Clinton? You think she looks like Hillary Clinton? Uh, just a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Brooke in the chat room says, what the fuck is on her skirt? It's <laughs> that is a really atrocious looking skirt. Look at that. That's fucking scary. That yeah. is a really weird skirt. No, are those sunflowers? I don't know. Those are like roses or some sort or something. Amazing. Amazing and indeed. And nothing like Hillary. I agree. Mindful Mac. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, uh, one... The face. I don't know. Maybe I was looking at it from far away. That but... looks like Hillary to you. <laughs> a young Hillary Clinton. Yes. Oh my Very scary. goodness. But yes, her nipples are um, pointing out there, of course. She's uh, definitely not wearing a bra. A great view for those out there, the the great older gentlemen that are, are there. Look at that old lady in the back. She's like, I don't want to deal with this. She doesn't. She wants nothing to do with this. Nope. I don't blame her. I don't blame her, man. Look at that. Can you imagine, though, having to do or, and deal with all these people day in and day out? Uh, yeah. I'd go I, nuts, man. I would have jumped off a bridge or something. Uh, but yeah, how do you feel about that, though? Donald Trump's daughter. Uh, what, would you knock the park with that? What's going on there, Bobby? What do you think? Uh, I gotta, I gotta pass on that. You wouldn't knock that out. No, no I, I'm that, calling you a liar. You can call me a liar, but I'm telling you the truth. Bro. You would not knock that out. No, I, I pass. I pass. I'm so surprised. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Are you, would you go out with Joe Gilbert? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, fuck no, dude. He's not your type either? I, I don't swing that way. You don't like that curly hair? No, I'm not with that. Not with it? Nope. A boss man in the chat room says she has a healthy set of lungs. And a fake set of tits. And uh, Brooke says she's kind of tall. And of course, mindful Mac in the chat room says, take care of your spine and back, ladies. <laughs> Gang of Four says you must be gay. Nope, I'm not gay. I'm yeah. just that's Bobby not Blade. Kind of woman. Yeah, Bobby is not gay. That's tall, blonde, white women. Just not his um, forte. Yep, yeah, I like Asian chicks, man. Oh, you're into the Asians. Oh, definitely, the dude. Asian definitely. women. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Asian women are can be very beautiful women as well. Eyes White Shut says what I would pay to see those knockers. <laughs> My goodness, the chat room is just so lovely tonight. Look at Gang of Four. I would bend her over. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> Holy hell, the chat room is on fire. Oh, shit. With three thumbs up. Oh, My yeah. goodness. So you would give her a bowling ball, but you would not bang her? No, wouldn't. But you would give her a three-finger salute, correct? Uh, one finger salute. You would, you would put one finger in there? No, I'd give her the middle finger. Oof, okay. Damn, Bobby, you are cold-blooded tonight. I, I just don't give a fuck, man. Man, you are cold. Cold, 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 cold. God damn. She, she is just not my kind of woman. That's all there is to it. And man. plus, uh, she came from Donald Trump's balls. Ooh. So 
that's a little disturbing. So you wouldn't even give her like a, a hate sort of, you know, bang there. <laughs> Maybe with a strap on. My God, <laughs> Bobby, look at you. I had no idea you would um take us down this dark alley, if you know what I'm saying. Hey. <laughs> Boss man says well, this is because she's Jewish. Uh, you hate, I, you hate, I, do you I hate got her? nothing against Jews, man. Do you hate her because she's a Jew? Uh, nope. I think she's. She, I think she's a lovely lady. Let's be respectful here. I think she's a a lovely lady. And of course, Donald Trump did say those things back on the Howard Stern show, alluding that he would, you know, if if it wasn't his daughter, he would bang her. That's what he was saying. I'm sure even that he tried to bang her. Uh, oh my when god! She was... <laughs> no, okay. Oh my god! I'm you can't keep... say that. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. You know, allegedly, allegedly. Oh, yeah. You can't say that. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, yeah maybe start. he grabbed her by the pussy. When we have she's a younger. we have a good start on the second half here. This is good. This is a good conversation. No boss man, no Jew. Vic something says she's not smart enough to be a Jew. <laughs> That's cold. What's with all the anti-Semitic uh, um, um, texts here? What's going on here? I have no idea. Look at all these Jew haters. So these guys don't like Seinfeld then, huh? I guess not. I mean, I'm surprised. The chat room is wild tonight. Now I'm looking at the photograph of this other guy next to this woman in the blue in blue here, and he has like this weird he just smelled a fart kind of look. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. He's he's got a grimace going on there. He does. I wonder what he's looking at. He's definitely not looking at uh Ivanka there, that's for sure. Maybe the lady told him that she has herpes. Well, that's possible. Yeah. That's a cute uh, brunette, though, right there, right? Next to the older Titanic-looking lady, right? <laughs> yeah, that is. That's You're talking about girl. the one in the gray, right? Yeah, yeah, she's cute. Look at that. Yeah, I'd hit the shit out of that one, okay? Okay, so you're down with the brunettes, but not the blondes. Oh, yes. Give me the dark hair. Okay, so I'm I'm interested now. What exactly happened? What What is it with the blonde women that you don't like? Did you have a bad experience? Tell me. No, no. I just, that's, that was never my thing. You just don't like that? No, I've always liked uh, redheads and redheads. brunettes. And okay, okay. Especially black hair. Love black hair. Redheads, that's like a weird sort of avenue. They're kind of like a needle in a haystack, I would have to say. There's lots of redheads, men and women, just atrocious looking. Just, they look like abortions, basically, abominable looking gingers without a soul. But some oh, of them. Oh, okay. You're talking about the ginger types. I'm talking about like the real Irish women. The real Irish women. Okay. Okay. That's oh, yeah. a bit different. That's a bit different. Yep. Okay. Damn, Bobby. I feel like I'm getting closer to you now. <laughs> I'm learning. Hey, about every, you. every day is a new inhuman experience. I'm learning every day. Those um, redhead women, huh? Oh yeah, man. Um, redhead, redheaded women with freckles or without. Well, what's your what's your taste here? Uh. Small amount of freckles. Don't have your whole face dotted up with those shits. Okay, okay. I could sort of feel that. That's not so bad. A redhead. Everyone kind of likes a redhead, but again, needle in a haystack, my friend. Lots of redheads out there just fucking ugly. <laughs> yeah. There's the ab abomination, my friend. Abominable gingers. Ooh, without a soul. <laughs> boss man's not attracted to white women. But that's another thing about boss man. He doesn't like the white women. <laughs> He's not with it. Uh, he is so not are, with it. 
Are you into the Asians, uh, boss man? I, he might be. No, you know what he likes? Boss man likes the Hispanic women. Oh, okay, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That Latina heat is undeniable. That's true. Lots of hot women uh, from Mexico, lots of hot women from Cuba, Puerto, a lot of hot Puerto Rican women, Colombian women. I'm with you on that. Lots of, um, you know, lots of uh, guys out there don't want to be dating the American uh, women nowadays, the ones who watch Kim Kardashian, the one who has uh, the, the women that have 20 different emails and different social media accounts, those sort of women. A lot of uh, American men, they want to go out with, you know, they, they want to go out with sort of um uh, the tan-skinned women out there. They want to go out with the Colombian women, the Puerto Rican women. Uh, more and more men nowadays, they want to get away from the just the American standard uh, addicted to uh, Xanax and going to Starbucks every morning, sort of sunburned, blonde uh, soccer moms out there. That was extremely yeah. offensive, by the way, what I just said. I love that. That was fucking scary as shit. Man. That was I can't amazing. You just said that. I know. And it, I don't even prepare for this show. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. It really is. It makes me think I'm just insane. I'm just well, some cynical it, asshole, right? Yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I'm a jaded asshole. You're a cynical asshole. Make a great team. That's true. I'm glad you're here, man. Yeah. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I mean, again, you know, I just needed you for a reaction here. Again, I could, you know, I would like to be with, you know, like a Brad Pitt or something, but I got a Bobby Blades, you know, no offense. <laughs> so. Well, well, you could have had a Mike Hideous, too. I hope you sort of learned what I'm doing right now in terms of how I'm burying you live on the air. That's for comedic purposes. Oh, like I said, man, you, you can't, need to start you doing can't that. Bury what's already underground, bro. True, but you need to bury the people that you talk to. Sometimes it's more funny that way. <laughs> yeah, well, we do want them to come back, though. That's why we don't bury them. Nah, well, you know, there's there's always more. That's that's the best part. Once one goes down, another one goes up. Plenty of fish in the sea, right? Yes, and Gang of Four, the Jew woman, get mustaches by twenty years old. That's <laughs> offensive. <laughs> No, oh, that is offensive. But wow. It, but it is true, though, that Indian women, um, um, Armenian women, very hairy, hairy arms, hairy chest. Not quite sure if you've been around Armenian women before. Nope, never. Hmm. Good Lord. Bobby, where, where the hell are you from? I always forget. Massachusetts, my friend. Uh, so there's not much out there. Uh, No, not really. Oh it's no! A, it's a wasteland. What's going on out there in the in the dating scene? Are you hitting up Tinder or are you on Grinder? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, none of those. Oh boy! <laughs> Especially not Grinder. Especially not Grinder. Okay, Jesus! Yep. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being gay in the year 2019 and and you're just hooking up with a bunch of guys on Grinder? I have gay friends I don't though. Oh man, I got gay friends. That's what they tell me. Some people think that I'm, I'm um, like burying the homosexuals out there, but I have friends that are gay and they listen to the show and they laugh hysterically about what I say here. They love it. But then again, all gay men, they eventually end up liking me as, as soon as they find out that I interviewed Michael um, Alec. So is that why you said that you're halfway gay? No, not at all. I'm just saying I'm worshipped by the gay. Oh, I thought you said you were uh, you were half gay. No, I'm full male. Okay. I'm full man, full balls. <laughs> balls to I the am wall. That is man. That's true. No, I'm pretty manly, but I'm not afraid of the gays out there. The gays are cool people, man. I'm telling you. 
Yeah, I'm not scared of them. They've it's been, not like they're going to try to have sex with me. They've all been perfectly nice to me, so I can't bury the gays. <laughs> Brooke wants to see what you look like, bro. My picture's been up here before. Yeah, with the microphone obscuring your face. Yeah, but there's been other photos. That's not the only photo of, of me online. Oh, okay. No, there's I've other never ones. gone looking, so. There's pictures of me next to uh, George Norrie. Kind of weird. <laughs> Full nut. <laughs> there, you know, there's there's more to to say about this uh, in terms of uh, podcasts and such. And of course, Bobby, you have a show of your own. That's right. It's it, well, it's not just mine. It's it's me and the other Bobby. Bobby you and the other Bob. Yeah, you and the other Bob. Yeah, <laughs> the two Bobs. What, wait, no, never mind. And now I have another photo of Ivanka Trump there. It still hasn't come up in the chat room for me yet. Oh, and, okay, there we go. And you don't like those legs. Nah. Not feeling it, huh? Nope. Definitely Damn, not. Damn, that's crazy. Because I don't think she's that bad looking. Well, she's, I mean, all right. She's a good looking okay, woman. Okay, break it down. I want to hear she you. Is, she is not my type. Not your type. Far from, far from my type. You would kick her and out of the bed. I wouldn't allow her in the bed. Wow. Look at Bobby here. No, absolutely not. I'm Damn. a fucking savage. Bobby, you are. Look at you just <laughs> not giving a goddamn here. No, dude. She wow. looks so fucking fake, man. She looks so fake. I would not fuck with that. Damn, son. I'm just surprised. I'm just completely surprised. I'm, I'm zooming in on the face. Is this a face you can trust? That's a face I would want to punch if I was another woman. Oh, my God. Look at that face. That's fucking frightening, dude. Look at that smile. That's so, it's so forced. She is not <laughs> happy at all. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Bobby, I had no idea you were this cold. <laughs> I love it. Once in a while. I love it. Good times. All right. Well, I, I took it down for you because I know you were tired of seeing that. Yeah, you should put Val Delphine up there. What What about, okay, I could do that, but what about Melania Trump? Um, Would you knock that out? No. Not even for the story? Not even, no. Damn. Just, uh, I'm, I'm real picky, real You really picky. are picky, look at you. God damn. <laughs> Nothing is good enough for Bobby. Nope, it's not. I'm a fucking curmudgeon, man. Well, then who is? Who's good enough for Mr. Bobby Blades here? Tell me. <clears throat> Honestly. Who does it for you? Know. There's no actress. There's no um, There's no woman who does it for you. I, I can't believe this. I feel like you're lying now. No, no. I'm not saying there's none. There's got to be something. There's got to be something. <clears throat> you can't leave me hanging here. There's got to be some woman that you think um, is pretty hot and you would knock it out uh, out of left field. Well, Jessica Alba would be one. Jessica Alba? Yeah. But it's not 2013 like, <laughs> or 12 or... Oh and yeah, Belle Delphine, man. I, I would I would fucking knock that out the park right this, there. This girl here? Yeah. Can you see that now? Not, but not if she's making that ugly ass face, though. Well, I mean, that face would come naturally. <laughs> I mean, I've seen girls make that face, you know... I've caused that face plenty of times. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen that face more than once in my lifetime. Trust me, I've seen that face a lot of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now you're bigging yourself up there, pal. Well, it would be if it wasn't true. Yeah, I don't like to talk about my sex life. I don't either. But, I mean, here we are in Rome. 
<laughs> would I rather place. jerk off? I don't know. It depends. Bobby, would you rather jerk off? That's what Gang of Four in the chat room is asking. That's a pretty good question, in my opinion. Well, if it was uh, if it was Ivanka Trump or Jerkoff, then I would go with Jerkoff. Damn, that's cold. <laughs> I'm going to tweet her that. You should. I'm, I'm not a, on Twitter, but you should tweet her that. I'm going to say a guy um, that I talked to, he wouldn't you bang should, you, but he would, you know, he would jerk off, but wouldn't bang you. <laughs> you should take a sound clip of that and put it on Twitter. I might have to. That is some cold shit right there, man. So, uh... Victim number two, there's um, lots of photographs of one Jessica Simpson, another blonde, who has been making the headlines yet again. And this time, it's not because she's overweight, it's because she's on point now, she's a lot slimmer, looking pretty good, according to the internets. Uh, your opinion, Mr. Bobby Blades? Oh, wow. I haven't heard anything about Jessica Simpson in a very long time. It's been a while, right? Yeah. It's been, been, it's a, been a fucking crazy long time. It's been a while. But she was hot at one point, though. Like, this was way back. She was pretty hot at one time. So so you do, there's certain blondes that you would definitely knock oh, out the park with. most then. definitely. There most we definitely. go. Okay, okay. Okay, well, Just, I gotta, uh, uh -huh. I'm, I'm, I'm sickened by the, the fakeness of today. Like, there's a lot of people who wear like entirely too much makeup they look like fucking clowns <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah that that's a turn off right there well i don't disagree with you on that one at all i'm fully on board with your assessment on that and now i'm putting a photograph of one jessica simpson in the chat room and this is a photograph that isn't very old look at this Let's see what we got here right, go exhibit ahead. a go ahead go ahead man take a look not bad not bad the brother, in the, looks, the brother in the background doesn't think so either. No, he he's checking out her backside. He's yeah. agreeing. He says, I'd knock that out too. I don't know. I liked her better back in the day, though. You liked her a little bit slimmer? Yeah, definitely. About 100 pounds slimmer there? Yeah. Well, I don't think I she think was her, about 100 I think her slimmer. tits were smaller, too. I think they were. Those look gigantic now. <laughs> those are fucking watermelons. Those are enormous. But yeah, that's Jessica Simpson in all her glory. Shit. She turned out. All right, much... so I got to ask you this. Go man. ahead. W would you hit Carmen Electra? That is a great question. W what does she look like nowadays? L let's look it up. Yeah, let let's find a picture of her because I haven't seen her in a minute. It's been a while, man. It's been a while since I've seen uh, one Carmen Electra. Let's see what she looks like now in 2019. She probably looks scary as fuck now. When I think of one Carmen Electra, my mind goes back to the time when she was dating Dennis Rodman. You remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that all about? <laughs> what was she thinking? Man, I don't know. These but women. Dennis Rodman, he's fucking out there, too. I like him, though. He's crazy. Yeah, he's a funny guy, but like I, I like said, crazy he's people. out there. I'm not going to lie. I, I do like crazy. Crazy makes the world go round. And look at her. Here's Carmen Electra. She's probably scary now, huh? Look at that. Maybe some, um, had some surgery done. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's frightening. She's had some, um. Holy shit. She's been hanging out with the rest of the Hollywood mothers out there. That mouth looks like she sucked a lot of dicks. Oh, you're probably right about that, my friend. I'm not denying that. 
Let's make this photograph a little bit uh, smaller here. Boss man, the chat room says nah, she has not aged well. Hasn't aged well. That's what boss man says. Well, I mean, she's she's you know she's a pretty woman. You can't really bury her too much. Not so bad. I'm from far away. I've seen worse. Come on. You're, you're like burying every woman I bring up. Here. I know, man. I'm just being an <laughs> asshole tonight. She's not so bad. Come on. I, I'm living the gimmick, man. She, I mean, you would definitely go out with her. And, yeah, I think and, I'd fuck her still. And then boss man says pretty ugly. I mean, come on now, boss man. Like you would not hook up with her. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> like you of all people would be like, oh, I'm too good for this. Flat Earth Fantasy says, look at that shiny face. Hell yeah. She's I mean, had a lot of work done. She's plastic now. Yeah, she. well, I'm not denying that. <laughs> I'm not denying that, boys and girls. She's a robot. Um, I, I don't know if she's Mexican. I think she is a, um, a you know, a white woman. And then Big Something says, boss is jealous because she likes dark meat. <laughs> is that true, boss man? Are, are you jealous that she likes to... Uh, do things her own way. Does that make you mad? She's not bad. She's not a bad-looking woman. It's just my opinion. Definitely not bad. What about uh, Rob Sh Rob Schneider's wife, man? Uh, who's would Rob you, Schneider's wife? That, that Mexican chick. I don't know. I don't know her name, but just look up Rob Schneider's wife. Okay. <laughs> Hot fucking Mexican chick. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty believable. Ah, Patricia Snyder. He did it right. Oh, shit, you know he did, man. No, he did it right. He went out with a, a Mexican woman who was uh, from way down there. That's that's how you do it. Yeah. She is a looker, my friends, no doubt. I'm liking what I'm seeing here. She's en fuego. Yeah, she's pretty hot. Oh, yeah. Let me put that picture up there. <laughs> Definitely. Let the chat room see that. And there we go. Chat room, look at this. That is Rob Schneider's wife. Pretty good for for Rob Schneider, man. He's a he's also bug-eyed looking fucker. He is an uh, abortion-looking character. She's definitely <laughs> yeah, not, she's fine. She's, she's definitely not with fine. him. She's definitely not with him for his uh, great looks. That's for sure. Isn't that crazy though, man? Like you you marry these these beautiful women, and you're like this really ugly-looking piece of shit. It must kind of like mess with you a little bit in your head. Hey, if you got the money, man. Well, that's all that matters. I mean, that's the most attractive thing for most women is how that wallet looks. That's fucking sad. It's the truth, especially when it comes to women like this. That's the reality we live in, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Not bad, though. I, I, I'd like that. I don't think she's bad looking at all. No, she's fucking hot. Pretty good on the eyes. So you definitely would pick her over Ivanka Trump, no doubt, right? Most definitely, without question. All in. Yeah. Okay. All in. Balls deep. Balls deep. Okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. I appreciate your honesty here. Hey, if if I can't be honest <laughs> here, then where can I be honest, right? That's true. So now there's another player that I do have to bring up here. And I feel bad for this, but... The Karate Kid actor, Robert Garrison, dead at 59 years old. Uh, what part did he play? He's the guy that said, put him in a body bag. Remember that wow. guy? You don't remember Robert Garrison? No, I just, man, I remember Pat Morita and Ralph Macchio. That's about it. You remember Mr. Garrison, though, right? <laughs> yeah. South Park? <laughs> Mr. Garrison, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll put up a I'll put up a photo of um this gentleman here. Maybe you'll remember him once you see him. Poor guy died. Poor guy. Did you even like the Karate Kid? I did the original one. Yeah. Not not the whole um Will Smith's son. Yeah, version, not right? that one. Yeah. I, I never even saw that shit. Can you believe that? What what happened to Will Smith's uh, kids? Why why are they all fucked up? I don't know, man. Why are Michael Jackson's kids fucked up? <sighs> Jesus. Well, I mean, I know why he's fucked up. Now that's from Joe <laughs> Jackson. Oh shit. Yeah, lots of um bad things happen there. And all right, here we go. There we go. That's um a photograph of one Robert Garrison. Look at that. Now, do you remember him? Oh, the picture hasn't come up yet. Oh, okay. it's on a delay here. Little delay. Okay, yep, I remember that dude. He looked like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yep. Rob Garrison. I remember him. Yes, sir. Rob Garrison, the actor best known for his role as Tommy in the Karate Kid and its sequel, now dead, my friends, at the age of fifty-nine. Holy shit! Fifty-nine. You know what's fucking crazy, man? What's up? I just uh, I heard the dude who played guitar in Morbid Angel from like uh like the first part of Morbid Angel from in the early, late 80s to like 1992 he just died he's 55 man people are dying so young yeah man it's fucking crazy yeah i don't i don't like that i don't like all that these at all. artists and musicians are fucking just dropping off like flies oh, that's what happens i forgot to play this music though as we talked about him <laughs> now that he's gone yeah poor guy now gone Robert Garrison dead at 59 that's fucking crazy that's dude. life though you know you're here one moment and you're gone the next what was it heart attack uh, let's see overdose on cocaine scrolling through Garrison's sister-in-law told TMZ that he died Friday at a hospital in his native West Virginia where he had been treated for liver and kidney issues over the past month. Oh, boy, there you go. Oh, shit. Okay, so it's not the star-studded death? Nah, once those kidneys go, man, you are done. And, you know, this is also a time for me to bring this up. My uncle, also suffering complications due to alcoholism, my uncle just a hardcore addict with the alcohol. Cirrhosis of the liver? Correct. Oh, uh, okay. So he's pretty much confined to a bed now. That fucking sucks. Yeah, he's pretty much on his way out. Hospice is already, they already had done their thing with him. So he's on his last days. Oh, shit, Eddie Money died? Eddie Money take died. Take me home tonight, guy? I, did he really? Ooh. See, everyone's are you, dying. Are you kidding, the other sider? Or is that shit legit? I didn't know that. That's news to me, too. Yeah, that's... Yes. Yes, Brooke. Yes. Sorry about my, your uncle. Yeah, Brooke. I know. That's the life they choose, though. That happens. And, you know, that's something that goes on with a lot of people out there who are listening to the show. Lots of people that listen to the show, they're, they're family members. Um, a lot of addicts out there, man. Yeah. That's life. I'm going to drop some reality right now, but oh, go I ahead. had a friend that I grew up with, and last week... Uh, he fucking overdosed and died. Shit. Oh, that sucks. 
and I didn't even know he was addicted. I know he smoked a lot of weed when we were kids, because we all did. Have, have you but. been around? <laughs> I'm sorry to jump in here, but I just want to quickly ask you: Have Have you been around someone who uh, was overdosing? No, never. Okay, you never been through that situation then. Nope. That's good, man. I've seen I that happen. I can imagine that shit would be scary as fuck, though. It really is. It, it's terrible to see that. And, of course, you have to grab something when you've seen someone having a seizure in front of you and foaming at the mouth. Uh, you have to grab something and put something in their mouth. Really? Wow. Fuck. Yeah, I've seen it happen. So it was like, like you, you've seen heroin overdoses and shit? I've seen heroin overdoses. And, of course, I've seen... Uh, there was one, one guy I remember many, many years ago. He was like a, he was like a weed dealer. And I remember he had, um, he was having issues with having like seizures. And I remember this dude, I was at his house hanging out with him. And I clearly remember him going out and having a seizure. And, uh, he was standing, talked to me like everything was normal. And then he just went out and hit the floor so fucking hard, man. I was, so scared when that happened and his head was about three or four inches away from a 35 pound dumbbell so if his head fucking hit the dumbbell i don't know if he would even still be alive holy shit yeah and i told him dude i said you know how lucky you were from like not dying <clears throat> that should be a wake-up call right there to stop doing that shit yeah man the, the dude was not um you know, I hate, I hate even bringing this shit up, to be honest with you, but these are just some of the things that I've gone through with different people in my life and different friends. And this dude, I, I hate talking about this, but, you know, like, like I said, it, it was just terrible to see him like that and hit like his fucking head, man, hit so hard. <laughs> it, it was crazy. I, I wanted him to go to the hospital, uh, but he insisted not to. God damn. Yeah, but, you know, there's, there's, there's people like that out there, you know? Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive, of course. He's no longer uh, dealing, you know, any, any weed or anything like that. He's straightened himself out. Oh, okay, good shit. Yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. He's all good. But I do remember the time when he was messing around with uh, pills and alcohol, and that's what did him in. That's fucking scary, man. Yeah, don't be mixing alcohol with um, different pills out there, especially if they're not uh, prescribed to you. You can't handle that shit. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Don't be fucking with that fentanyl either. That's a killer. Uh, Gang of Four in the chat room says, Mike Ringley from Revolution Radio died this week. I did not know that. I don't think I've ever heard Revolution Radio. What is that? It's one of the many networks out there that um, sort of carry these kind of programs that we listen to those that are in the alternative means. And I'm I'm glad he brought that up, though. The whole revolution radio thing, because that reminds me, there, there's a lot of things I, I do want to say here, but I'll, I'll keep it, tr I'll try to keep it kind of brief here. And that's in terms of these um, networks out there, like even the network that I'm on, man. And this is going to give me so much heat. But do you think I actually give a fuck if I get heat? Probably not. Not at all. So, you know, I don't give a fuck if I burn any bridges because I burn so many. And I continue to burn bridges, and I'll continue to burn them right now. And one of the things I have to bring up here, and let me tell you something about these online networks and communities, and you've gone through them yourself, Bobby, and you're not even someone who's been been around very long in these alleged uh, podcast communities, correct? Oh, right, right. 
There's a lot of. I already know where you're going. With there's this. a lot of fucking pussies that do this shit. You know that, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure too. A lot of people who lift from me and never give me any credit for anything, but they love to lift from me. A lot of show hosts out there who even, uh, even use my own lines. If you can believe it or not. Let me what, me, like your intro lines or lines from there's different lines that you use constantly on the show. Yes, yes, well, yes to both. Let me give you an example. There is a show host out there by the name of Heather Wade. She's been saying my lines of on a night like this. The thing is, <laughs> this dumb bitch has not even said it correctly. I mean, if you're gonna steal lines from me, at least say the fucking thing right. That's Here all we I are ask again, for. I on mean, a night like this. I mean, if you're going to use my fucking lines, I mean, at least say them right. I mean, I already yeah. know you are a fan of mine, and I'm flattered. There's a lot of people out there that aren't even aware of this, but lots of show hosts out there, even your favorite show hosts out there, lots of them live from me. And it might even sound a little bit like um paranoid to the outside. However, I have their listeners email me clips of these show hosts that actually... I uh, do these things all the time. Man, you got to send me some of these clips, dude. No, I want to no hear this shit. No problem. I mean, I don't give a fuck what anyone says, really. But I always say at least spell my name right. At least say where you heard it from. Uh, at least do those things. Don't look like a fucking hack. Especially when you steal a line from me that really means nothing in the condensation of what you use it for. Uh, case in point, on a night like this is actually... Basically a tribute to a acoustic band that I once had. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that in the Discord. Okay. Yeah, I've been doing it for years, and uh, to have another show host out there lift my own fucking line and then botch it completely, I mean, it's atrocious. <laughs> On this night. <laughs> These dumb fucks don't even know what they're saying, so, I mean, Jesus Christ. Some people are just completely unfucking original uh there's a reason why your favorite show hosts come to me for my opinions on things there's been plenty uh case in point art bell another person who liked my show but do i go around telling people that i could give a fuck what he thought of my show let's just put it that way do you think i actually care what anyone thinks of my show <laughs> probably not otherwise you would have quit a long time ago <laughs> not at all i don't give a fuck I don't care if you like the show or hate the show. I'm going to do the fucking show. I don't give a shit if you like the show or hate it or hate the show. Doesn't matter one bit of me. I'm going to continue to do the show the way I like to do it, uh, regardless if you like it or if you don't. That's how you got to do it. Some people out there, they like to advertise themselves and say, well, so-and-so like this, so-and-so like that. Uh, dude, I don't give a fuck who likes the show. <laughs> We're top rated on uh, Rolling Stone. We're the best podcast ever. Now, who cares? I mean, none of that <laughs> shit even matters in the end. Not really. Who nah. gives a fuck who's better than who? Irrelevant. It's all relevant. I mean, who cares? I, I guess care. there's this whole illusion of competition that's going on where people are still striving to be better than, like, I don't, whoever is at the top. I don't, I don't get even it. know who's at the top. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't even... I don't care. I don't even think about those things at all. None of that yeah, shit matters it. to me, man. Yeah, that's why I don't pay attention to that shit. Man, you shouldn't. Who cares? It's pointless. It's completely irrelevant, in my opinion. Completely irrelevant. 
And I'm glad we do it this way. I don't, anytime someone tells me to listen to something, I don't. Anytime someone says, hey, listen to uh, this show here, uh, most of the time I don't. Oh, so if they're like, hey, check out my show, you well, don't do that shit? Most likely I won't. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, Michael, check out the Inhuman Experience. Maybe not. Well, I know you, so of course I'm going to listen. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, dude. Yeah, but you know that. You know I'm going to listen if it's from someone I talk to. Yeah. But it's from someone else. I don't give a fuck, man. Come on. Why would I care? So you're saying you've got people you've never even met. They're just like shooting you DMs and emails. They're like, yo, check this out. All check the, this out here. All the, all the fucking time. God damn. I don't know how you deal with it. Like I said, I wouldn't be able to. I don't care. That's I just, you know, it, it's whatever, man. I even have a bunch of marks who are into the show. And, and that's cool, too. That's cool, too. I don't have a problem with that. You could be a fucking mark. I'm still going to be nice to you. All good. But then there are those out there who just bombard me with nonsense. I don't, you know, I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. You got me fucked up. Let's put it that way. Got me twisted, son. That's right. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. I really don't give a fuck, you know. If you try to press me in the streets, uh, don't let my voice fool you. I will definitely fuck you up in the streets. I'll put <laughs> you on your fucking head, dude. Trust me. You know, I, I give a fair warning to people all the time. Don't try to fucking press me, especially in the street. If you see me somewhere, I will fucking, you don't want to know. Trust me. <laughs> Believe <laughs> so me. So you're kind of, you're kind of like Glenn Danzig in a way then, huh? Ready, I, ready I to guess fight at say, any given time. Dude, I, you know, I throw these fucking hands, dude. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's one thing people don't realize. Don't let the, don't let the light skin fool you. Don't let my light skin fool you. Amazing. I'll fucking put you on your head. Don't think for a minute I won't. Yeah, you got the jujitsu skills. I'm telling you, I'll fuck you up. I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty insane as it is. Don't <laughs> tempt me with a good time. Trust me, I stare people down for fun. Like I don't <laughs> going give all a gangster shit. and shit. It. I mean, sometimes I do. <laughs> I mean, I don't really care. It's how I roll. It's that El Central mentality. It really is. It really is. There's lots of fucking crazy people here. That's why. So, you know, it makes it leaves me a little crazy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's the truth. So you got a lot of uh, cartel activity where you live, right? That's right. So you, you definitely have to be careful. Yeah. You got to watch out. You really do. And I've gone away from some crazy shit like that before at a couple bars where, you know, sometimes people owe money. Mm, yeah. There are lots of different things. But yes. Uh, people come up to me looking for that cocaine all the time. <laughs> I don't got it, though. I promise. God damn. So I don't they deal think you're cocaine. They think I deal cocaine. Lots of times people come up to me at bars looking for it. Fucking A, dude. It ain't me. I'm telling you. I don't got that on me. I ain't holding. I promise. But yeah. I'm glad we're having this discussion, though. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. We someone, never got this deep. Someone once told me, uh, when you go to these conferences, are you, are you going to need security for all the people they have feuds with? And I laughed and I said, fuck no. I said, those people are afraid of me. I said, do you think those people would actually face me in person? Any of those people that actually actually have issues with me? <laughs> are, are you fucking stupid? Those are the ones who need security. Exactly. I don't need security. You need security. <laughs> you need security for me. Aren't most of them like fucking senior citizens now anyway? Some of them are. Some of them younger. Some of them confused. Oh, but, I mean, okay. you're not old enough to get 
didn't get your fucking ass kicked by me either. <laughs> You're not too old to get your ass kicked by Michael Deacon. No, I've gone out of my car plenty of times and smacked people around. <laughs> so I honestly, that road rage. I don't give a fuck, dude. I'll get out of my car, fucking slap you around. God damn. I've done You're it before. Gangsta. I've done it before. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I don't give a fuck. And it's got me in trouble plenty of times, but I've gone out of trouble plenty of times, okay? So. I'm surprised you haven't gone to jail. Trust me, I find a way out every time. You got connects. That's true, I do. I'm quite connected. So I've been able to get out of all kinds of trouble. Believe me, I should Michael. be in jail. <laughs> no, I should be in jail. That's true. Part of the Illuminati. I say that shit every day. I should be in fucking jail. <laughs> Some of the shit I got away with. That's true. But that's the reality that we live in, my friend. Some people, they uh, talk all this shit, but I actually walk it. I actually live the gimmick. That's the scary part. Well, boss man wants to go one fall with no time limit in a steel cage with you. I'd slap the fucking taste out of boss man. <laughs> I'd slap the fucking taste out of his mouth if he had a problem. Uh, but that goes for everyone out there, really. I love the chat room, man. The They're chat room's awesome. awesome. I, lo I love the chat room. They, they yeah. are amazing. Great people in the chat room. Always. Isn't that, isn't that true? The, the, the people on the internet, you got to give them credit. Got to give them credit. They're, they're so much fun. Yeah. Jeez. And they make it fun. They do. They make it the best. Now, I would pay to see that boss man wearing a lucha mask. That'd be cool. That'd be the fucking shit. He, he is a, a wrestling fan. I like that about him. I think that's cool. Oh, by the way, before I forget, uh, I'm not sure if you are a Metallica fan, but Metallica canceled the tour recently because uh, James Hetfield returned to rehab, my friend. Oh, shit. Can you believe uh, that? I was a Metallica fan back in the 80s, but not anymore. They're pussies now. Why is that? They make pussy-ass music. Pussy-ass music? Explain. Man, they were hardcore back in the 80s. Fucking, then the 90s came, and... Like grunge hit the scene and alternative metal and shit. And then they started doing all this weird, crazy shit. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Got to listen to that hardcore thrash. Is it because of some kind of monster? I don't know. I stopped listening to them. Uh, I'd say like 94, 95. Did you ever see that documentary? Nope. That shit was fucking good. Really? So it, you're I mean, into that? Good. You're a Metallica fan? I wasn't. No. What What I'm saying is that documentary was good to see them, how they were pretty much, you know, they were kind of like overgrown women, basically bitching at each other, fighting back and forth. <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. Oh, shit. Okay. That's what I, I thought liked. you were like, damn, Metallica is fucking awesome. No, Metallica <laughs> sucks and they are irrelevant in 2019. Yeah, they, well, they've been irrelevant since nineteen, like ninety two. They've been pretty shitty for a while. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you for saying that or thinking that. I think they are a terrible band, but their back catalog of the older albums, you know, you can't really mess with that. No, they had five good albums. I'll give them that. They're a good band, though, man. Maybe not what they released, you know, the last couple of years, but their older stuff, it's up there. It's top talent. It's it's pretty oh, good. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I'll give them the credit that they deserve. They're fucking amazing musicians. They know how to play their instruments and everything. But the music they put out is just fucking garbage. It's nowadays. trash now, though. Yeah, I, I hear you. The, the, what they put out now, it's just, you know, it stinks on ice. Mm-hmm. It's 
fucking bullshit. That's right. But James Hetfield back in rehab, ladies and gentlemen, if you can believe it. Fuck. How long has he been clean? Good question. I don't know, man. I don't know how long he's been clean, but I know alcoholism has been something that he's uh, dealt with for a very long time throughout his career. Yeah, well, fucking, they got their name for, like, Metallica was metal liquor. It was all about fucking drinking and shit. That's true. I used to drink to their music all the time back in high school. <laughs> yeah, hell, who didn't, right? Yeah, I'm with it. Um, you know, I'm down. Get your 40 ounce, skip class. That's right. Also, another guy in the entertainment business has made headwaves. Um, that is one Aaron Carter, if you can remember that guy. Who the fuck is that? He is one of those those pop singers, my friend. Oh, I don't listen to that shit. I don't either. But <laughs> I don't unfortunately, know. I know I know about these sort of things. That's the that's yeah, the sad part. You keep yourself in the know. I kind of live under a rock. I have to. That's the bad part. But yeah, he he's another one of these boy guy, one of these guys in a boy band, and you know, it's the same story: drugs, alcohol, uh, sexually abused, that sort of thing. Nothing that we haven't heard before. Yeah, fuck. Typical story in Hollywood, right? So it's like some R. Kelly shit. Well, no, not R. Not R. Kelly, but it, it's it, it's some greasy shit. In other words, Hollywood and their and their and their actors and their musicians—they all have fucked up stories, man. Well, yeah. If they didn't have fucked up stories, then something would be wrong. Amen. But yes, that's one of the um, one of the guys out there that's been. Causing headways, if you can remember, if you can remember, remember that is it completely irrelevant as well. And also, we do have Demi Moore that was saying recently about Ashton Kutcher. She was talking about how they would have threesomes. Holy shit, for real? For real, dog. Wow, okay. Yeah, let's talk about Demi Moore. Now, that that's a woman that I could see kind of being your type. Dude, I would totally hit that. I see, there we go. So you're you are like a Demi Moore guy then. Yeah, man. Fucking back in when she was with Patrick Swayze and Ghost, I would kick Patrick Swayze out of the way and just ah. get get all up in that shit. What about that G.I. Jane? G.I. Jane. Remember I don't that? think I saw that. That's a good movie if you haven't watched it. Or it's that, probably a long time ago too. So. It was a very long time ago, my 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 boy. <laughs> oh shit. Yep, I'll have to catch up on these films. You're going to have to, man. G.I. Jane, look it up. Great film for those who haven't watched it. And, of course, there is a photograph now of one Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore in the chat room. Look at that. Bum, bum, bum. Your thoughts and opinions. Still, still looking good. Still bang it on. Still go in. I would hit it and not quit it. Just continue to hit it. All right. I'm with you on that one. And Ashton Kutcher, look at that. He looks fucking weird now. He looks a little creepy, right? He's got yeah. That, he's got that look, that uh, kind of like that little rapey look in a way. He does. He man. He's got rapey. those eyes, those date rape eyes. In the actress's new memoir, Inside Out, more candidly discusses the lengths she says she went in order to keep her then-husband happy when they met. More 41 years old, Kutcher was 25 at the time. It was uh, Ashton Kutcher who says, proposed the idea of a threesome, my friend. Mm. Most you like think it was him or you think it was her? Well, you know, I don't know. I think she's got a little kink to her. She's got a little kink to her indeed, because from what I recall, she also cheated the night before she got married, if I recall correctly. So definitely she is a freak. 
<laughs> Shit. So she was probably the one into the threesomes. I would say so, yeah. She's pretty hot, though. Definitely. I'm with it. I'm with it, too. I can see why Bruce Willis was with it. And I quote, I wanted to show him how great and fun I could be. More rights according to Radar Online. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Oh, man. Well, you know, would, would you have stayed with her for a long time? Long term? Probably not. What if she was paying your bills and all that shit? If she was paying my bills? Paying everything. Damn. She was holding you down. She if if she was being a pain in the ass, then nah, man, I don't care how much she was paying. I would tell her to kick rocks. Even if she was letting you have these threesomes with her and another woman, mm, in or out? I don't know, I man. That's kind of hard, dude. That's a hard like question, said, right? Yeah, because if she's question. really annoying, then I don't want to fucking deal with that. That's true. No man wants to deal with a nagging woman. That's something that <laughs> a lot of women don't realize. And, uh, you know, 2019 and some of them still don't get it. Shit, I'm going to get myself me too. <laughs> if you're still throwing the pussy and, you know, you're still nagging about it, you know, most men are not going to be with it. I just want you girls to know that. So if you are throwing the pussy, please be aware. Don't nag your man. That's right. Because they're advice. not going to be with it. They're they're, they're just going to find someone else on Tinder or they're going to go on Grinder. <laughs> Holy shit. Or both. That, well, that's what I'm saying. You never know. And then Vic, yeah, Vic says women don't want to deal with lazy dudes. That's yeah, true. They don't. That. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, too. Some girls don't want to deal with lazy men. Yep. Don't be lazy. Just have your own lives. Do your own thing. and Stop bugging the shit out of each other. That's right. It's a good thing you're not married, Bobby. Nah, I don't think I'll ever get married. You would have caught a case by now. Shit, I would have caught several. Domestic case. I could see Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Blades nah, elbowing a I'm woman. Not, <laughs> I'm not violent, man. I'll just fucking tell him to kick rocks. You just, just the kick him out? Of right on. Right on, man. Right on. What What about midgets? Are you down to bang a midget? I would fuck a midget, too. What about porn star Bridget the Midget? Oh, I'll fuck the shit out of her. That crazy bitch actually got arrested <laughs> recently for stabbing the boyfriend. Holy shit. How do you feel about that? Would you still want to bang her now? I'll still fuck her, yeah. You still fuck her, okay. Yep. Okay, well that's... But know, I would keep the knives away from her, though. But you, okay, that's understandable. There might be some people out there that don't even know who we're talking about, so I'm going to probably pull up a photo for those in the chat room. Of course, we are talking about a woman by the name of Bridget Powers. That's her real... <laughs> Name, biological name, her government name, Bridget the Midget. And yes, recently she made headwaves across TMZ, that's a porn star by the way, for stabbing her boyfriend with a butter knife, my friend. A butter knife? A butter knife, of all a things. fucking butter knife. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. Oh man, that's fucking ridiculous. Lord... Have mercy on my soul. Was it at least a sharpened butter knife? I don't know. God damn. I'm going to throw this photo up here now for those in the chat room. Uh, let's see. Where is that? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Bridget the Midget. There we go. Of course, you've seen her on the Howard Stern Show and all over the place, really. But yes, this is her in all her glory. Look at that. And there she is. Oh, yeah, she's fucking hot for a, with the, for a sh tiny girl. With the Betty Boo um, tattoo. <laughs> My God. Yeah, she would catch it, man. You, you get in that. 
I would get all up in that. Damn, you are a freak. I'm crazy. I like that. You're a good man. You're a good guy, man. You're you're a good team player. I'm a team player. You're, yeah, you're you're a man that would definitely fulfill the needs of a fantasy for for the women out there. Sometimes Maybe. you got to be Maybe nice, not. man. You know, you could be the fantasy for someone else. It's about giving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's too much. It's too much. Oh my god, I'm crying now. This is too funny. I'm I'm literally in tears. It's too funny. I gotta say, I'm not liking oh. that green hair, though. Yeah, she looks like a Japanese pro wrestler with that fucking hair. Yeah. Yeah, she looks like she's in all Japan pro wrestling with that hair. She looks like Kenny was... she has that Kenny Omega hair. Oh shit! <laughs> One winged angel. Oh boy, those fucking <laughs> those fucking pro wrestlers, man, they're crazy. They're fuck yeah. They're fun people to hang out with, though. Let's put it that way. I've never hung out with a wrestler before. Never. Never. Oh man, you are green, aren't you? Totally as Lord. green as her hair right there. You got a lot to learn, Mr. Mr. Bobby Blades. Yep. Learning something every day. Now there's a new broad that was brought up to my attention here. One Selma Hayek. Now that is pretty hot, if you ask mm, me. She yeah, she still looks good. Can you believe it? She's still looking that good at that age. And I don't know. This this is Hollywood we're talking about. So she's I'm sure she's had good, some dude. work done, she's, but she doesn't look like she has had work done. She's looking hot, dude. I don't know. Yeah, she's fucking fine. She is looking good, man. I would, you know. I Do you know. think she's an actual vampire? Because she doesn't seem to age. She might be. She might be into like eugenics or some shit. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? She's got Hitler's head in a jar. You never know. She probably does. She's taking orders from me. I'm looking for her photograph here. Now I can't find it. I had it saved, and now it's gone. Oh, there we go. And now, Mr. Bobby Blades, you could look in the chat room, and you'll find a photograph of one Selma Hayek. Look at that. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. She's still hot. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't believe it. It's It's that Latina genetics, man. That's what it is. Well, I already know I'm a gonna... lot of them. A lot of them look fucking great until they're like sixty or seventy. She is fifty-three years old, and she still looks like that. Look at that! Jesus Christ! Still pretty hot, if you ask me. Yep. There's no denying it. Who who's gonna deny that? <laughs> Bossman's like back off. Yeah. See, there you go. See, Bossman hey. knows. Hey, there's plenty of Latina heat to go around, man. That's the great part. Calmate, Holmes. Especially if you live out here in California. Oh, I know. I mean, you got those Mexican ladies. California and Florida are the best places for, for women in the United States. All the, the best looking women are closer to areas where the beach is. All the ugly women are further away from the beach. <laughs> That's just a sad oh, reality. Shit. That's just a sad reality. Yeah. People can oh, try Gang to argue. Oh, Force says Ava Mendez. Yeah, she's pretty hot, too. That is another one. Uh, yo, the name of that chick, uh, Stephanie Beatrice. Look her up, man. She was on, she's on the show, and I forget the name now. Brooklyn Nine Nine. She's fucking hot as hell. There's another photograph there for you. See, she's pretty hot. I don't see nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. Oh, there we go. There okay, you go. Yep. Oh yeah, man. She looks great. Again, who's gonna deny that? She's she's a real life vampire, man. She doesn't age. She's, she probably bathes in virgin's blood. She's gorgeous. How can you be like, oh, this bitch is ugly? 
Uh, she's not how, ugly. She's how a, yeah, but you know how there's some women out there that are going to be listening to this and they're going to see the, photo, the photograph. They're going to be like, "This this bitch ain't that hot." I mean, give me, I, <laughs> you know, there's going to be there's going to be that that sort of bitterness out there. Well, yeah, but it's kind of like me saying that Ivanka. I didn't think Ivanka was hot, but like I'm saying that all these other chicks are hot. So, you know. <laughs> uh, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I, I could see, you know, I could see a different things with this girl. Very, very hot. Yeah, see, even the women here agree, too. Brooke says she's very pretty. That's true. Yep, she is. Brooke is not lying. Brooke is known to tell the truth. That's right. From what, time to time. What about Halle Berry? That's what we, we have here in the chat room. Well, last time I saw her, she still looked pretty good. She's not a bad-looking woman. Oh, Halle Berry is very attractive. I don't remember the last time I saw her, though. But I do know that she, the, la the last time I saw her, I, I recall she was about 53 years old in a photograph. Really? I don't know if that's her current age right now or if she's older. I don't, I think she might just be 53 right now, though. The last time I saw her, she was in that movie Swordfish. Swordfish, right. Classic. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, there's Halle Berry right now, right there in the chat room. Um, definitely <clears> take <throat> some time to see that. She is, it seems like it's a fairly new photograph of her, too. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, she looks great. She looks great, right? Yeah. Stayed in shape. Another good. woman who doesn't age. But has she done work on that face? It it kind of looks like it, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get a look. Let's get a look. All right, all right. And hence. Let's and see. Enhance. What do you think? Did, did, did she have some some work done on that face? Definitely. It looks like uh, she had a, a little lift, maybe, on I the cheeks. That. You know, I hate that, though. I always think, why do these crazy bitches always want to get work done on their face? It's always like an outside influence from other crazy bitches that want <laughs> yeah. them to alter their face when sometimes that face doesn't even need altering, man. <laughs> no, I mean, she looks good. but Some women yeah. are just, they're fine without all the altering of the face, and it, it really... It really makes me angry sometimes when women want to do that with their face. Yeah. Well, I mean, bring up a picture of Pamela Anderson today and oh you'll boy. see like all, all the work that's fucking done. Oh, my God. And she used to be beautiful. I got to see this. Let's see. Back in the Baywatch days, bro. All right. All right. Let's see. All right. Oh, my God. Scary, right? Oh, no. Horrifying. Why, why did you make me do this? <laughs> Injected so oh. much botulism in her fucking lips, bro. Oh, Bobby, why? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Why? <laughs> I'm a fucking savage. What can I say? Look at this. Here we go in the chat room. Look at that face. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, Jesus mm. Christ on a cracker. That's fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's not a good look. Not a good look. Oh, Pamela. Why? Poor Pamela. Why, Yo, her face why, is why? fake as fuck now. Look at those eyebrows, man. Why did she do this? She was perfectly fine without this. Let's look at a before picture. <laughs> before and after, right? <laughs> this is just a tragedy, my friend. Look at this. Yeah, at gang this. of four. Marissa Tomei is fucking hot. She's smoking. Look at this. I can't believe it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Before and after. What happened, Bobby? I would have hit it back then, but right now, <laughs> no. 
You would actually hit it physically with a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. She used to look so beautiful. Oh, no. It, it just kills me to see her like this. It looks like she had a fucking crazy doctor did up her face and everything. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> Man, she's just terrible looking. Yeah, she looks scary now. She looks scary now, but look look how beautiful she looked then. Oh, yeah. Women out there, if you are listening to this program, please do not alter your face. No, just don't, don't do get it. nose job. Just don't keep do everything it. that you got, unless you got like one titty that's bigger than the other uh -huh. or something like that. Some guys, some guys might like that though. A titty a well, little yeah, bit. Oh yeah, that's true. A little bit, yeah. you know, a little bit bigger than the other. Some guys like that. Or like if you, if you think you're flat chested, maybe there's a guy who likes women who are kind of flat chested. There's but. some girls, you know, there's some girls out there with some, you know, pretty cute little tits there, a little small, yeah, but they're pretty like cute. Little, yeah. Little handfuls, little, 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 a, little AB cups, you know, they look pretty hot. Fucking Hershey kisses, you know? Yeah. What we're trying to say here is women don't be so, you know, don't be so down about your body. You know, you're pretty hot either way. There, there'll be a guy out there who will be into that. Yeah, don't get ass implants or cheek implants or even, fucking even, shoulder implants. Even if your eye is, like, hanging a little bit lower, <laughs> you know, there'll still be a guy into that, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Don't worry, ladies. Or if you're a hermaphrodite, you know, you've got a dick and a vagina. I mean, look, it turned out well for that, for uh, China for a while. Oh, shit. Oh, no, bad, bad example. Don't bring China up. <laughs> Not good. R.I.P. Rip. Uh, poor woman. Or uh, even Nicole Bass, too. Oh, rest in peace, Nicole Bass was going to be yeah. on the program as well. And oh, she was going to come on your show? And then she died. Fuck, dude. She was sweet, though, man. She was such a nice person, completely different than what you would see uh, all over the place on the internet or wherever. She was a legit good good person, though. She was cool. She was funny. She, I, you know, I liked her. I liked her personality a lot. And I talked to her oh, a couple shit. times, man. That's cool. The only, the only, um, like outside of wrestling and all that other shit, the only time that I really got a little bit of insight on who she was was on the Howard Stern show, and they were fucking relentless with her. They were so mean to her, man. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because that's one of the reasons why she probably didn't come on my show. I think oh, somebody, she thought you were going to fuck with her? No, I think somebody talked to her that was from the Howard Stern show because she was tweeting. Uh, tweeting nonstop about coming on my show, and I think somebody talked to her from the staff because she tagged someone uh, from the Howard Stern show, and I know some of the producers definitely checked that shit out, and she was she was going to be on the show, she was praising the show and all that, everything was good, and then a few days later, she, she private messages me saying that she only comes on the Howard Stern show, and uh, this and that, and I thought, oh great, someone fucking talked to you then. God damn. Thank you, you Howard. Blackballed. Yeah, I thought, thanks, Howard, your fucking staff. Definitely That's said something up. to her. So whatever, man. It's all good. All good. Shit. And when did she die anyway? She died. Um, Good question. When exactly was it that when she died? Nicole Bass death. She, yeah, she died February 17, 2017 in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to okay, say 2017. So that wasn't that long ago. Not too long ago. And again, totally awesome. She was really nice, really cool. Uh, when I talked to her, I talked to her about three times on the phone. Yeah, and each time she was totally cool, man. You know who she, you should get on your show, woman wrestler ODB, man. 
ODB. You, yeah. <laughs> she's still wrestling. Yeah, she is. Are you sure? I think so. You know, the last uh, female pro wrestler I brought on the program uh, was Sue Young, who wrestles for uh, TNA. Or oh, Impact Sue or Young. Okay, the Rich Swan's wife, right? Correct. Okay. I think he beat the shit out of her, too. Yeah, I, I think that was way overblown. I don't think he beat the shit out of he her. Didn't, he didn't beat her up? I think she's just as crazy as he is, and they were probably fist fighting one another. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree because I definitely That's just got my that. take on it. She might, she might hear this one day, but I, I definitely feel that might be true. Please don't hit me, by the way. <laughs> Please don't hit me. Yes, don't hit me, by the way. And and don't put a lawsuit on me. She's out here in the in the indie scene, so you know I might run into her. Oh, she's not doing TNA anymore. No, she's doing TNA, but they're not exclusive. They're still out there in the. And the indie realm, still doing those shows. Oh, you know who I like? I like Rosemary. She's fucking crazy and she's hot. Mm, who's Rosemary? I'm, I'm starting to draw a blank here. The chick with the face paint. Um, or, is she on Impact? Yeah, on Impact. Oh, okay. Well, I think I do know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I do know. Oh. Like she's the demon lady. Right. They're, they're basically working this almost like the same gimmick in a way. Yeah, because Sue Young does the uh, Chinese dead woman or whatever. Dead bride. Yeah. Right. Pretty crazy. I definitely need to bring in some of these people again. Definitely like bringing yeah, be pretty sick. different walks of life. And and there's the picture there, uh, Bobby, in the chat room. The woman you're referring to might oh, be on the yet. Oh, there we go. Yep, Rosemary. She's fucking awesome. Is Impact still on TV? Our <laughs> boss man says, and it is. I don't know. I I haven't seen it in a long time. I think it is. I think it is. But yes, there she is. But Bobby, I, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program, brother. We we do have to wrap it up here soon. Oh, yeah. It's getting pretty late. It is. I looked at the time right now and I thought, holy shit, we are uh, running out of time here. We are over. I know, man. I do want to thank you, though, for being a part of the program and, and hanging out here with me tonight. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you for asking me to come on the show. I know, wasn't that? Did you have fun? Oh, of course, man. <laughs> always have fun. That's praise, a given. Praise Jesus, right? <laughs> praise the 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 baby in the manger. Oh my God! Some shit like Bobby, that. Bobby, 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 Bobby. <laughs> Before I forget, man, I, I forgot to ask you about this. What's up? This is something that I did want to bring up on the show earlier, but completely went over my head. I did want to bring up one more woman, and that is Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Used to be fine. I don't like her attitude. Check um, it out, though. Check it out, though, man. Recently, she's been making headlines as well in regards to her six-year-old son who wears dresses to school. How do you feel about that, man? Hey, if Marilyn Manson can do it, all more power to him, man. Amazing. Just let them wear dresses. This let them wear dresses. Why not, right? <laughs> Who gives a shit? You want to be weird? Be weird. But, you know, be prepared for people to fucking bully you and say some shit. Yeah, just look at the, the Scottish folks out there, too. They wear dresses. Kilts. <laughs> That's a dress to me, in my opinion. It's more like a skirt, though, right? That's like a dress skirt hybrid looking thing, in my opinion. <laughs> a dirt or a scress. That's something like that. It's a, it's a mix. It's a mix. But yes, Bobby, I do appreciate you being here and having fun with me here, man. It's It's been a great time. Absolutely, man. Always have fun when I come on here. Yeah, I love doing this with you. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we got to do this shit more often. Man. We definitely do. We definitely do. And 
we we certainly will do this again. It, it's been a great time. I, I enjoy having you here, and we like having fun here on the program, especially in the second half where things are a little bit more loose, more relaxed, you know, loose like women that we like. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and don't vape, by the way, Bobby. I, I want you to preserve your lungs. Oh, fuck no, dude. You, like I said, only vape dry flower. Good. I don't want you to die. No liquids. Don't need you to die on me now. No, I'm trying to stay alive for as long as I can. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to stay alive longer than my enemies. So once I see them die, I could definitely go and piss on their gravestone. I was just going to ask you if you're going to piss on their graves. I definitely will. That's not a work. That is a shoot. I definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely will piss on a number of different people out there on their graves once they are dead and six feet under. I am going to piss on their graves. Trust me. I, I'm not fucking lying. And that's the bottom line. Oh, yeah. I'm not joking about that shit. I mean it. I mean it 100%. And if you are offended by that, fuck off. <laughs> I like that. You should end your show with that. Like, if you're offended by this, fuck off. It's the, the, the truth, though. It's the straight truth, and that's what we're doing here, straight shooting. So, Bobby, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. Loved having you here, and we'll do it again in the near future. All right, bro. All right, man. Later. Take care. Mahalo. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That, that was Mr. Bobby Blades. Great guy. Loved having him here on the program. And, of course... Of course, I do want to thank all of you out there, especially you out there in the chat room. Loved having you here and listening to all the nonsense and mayhem that is End of Days, the Michael Deacon program. And as we bring it home here tonight, I do want to thank Joel Gilbert and, of course, Mr. Bobby Blades and all of you in the chat room for hanging out with me here. It means a lot. I don't just... It really doesn't mean something, I guess you could say inadequate it really does mean something to me that you are actually listening to the program and hanging out with me and of course i do want to thank mr mike rogers for hanging out as well i appreciate that he took that call and i'm glad we were able to square things away and also i want to thank deprogrammed radio the great boys and girls out there in the uk loved interacting with those listeners as well i do get those emails every now and then i do love the great folks out there across the pond. And also, I do want to say, if you want extra content, please turn your attention to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And for $5, you could just put 5 on it, and you'll have extra content. And trust me, it is good. It is pretty damn good. You'll enjoy it. And international listeners out there, thank you so much for your support, too. I want all of you to stay safe, no matter where you are on this island Earth. I will return soon again, boys and girls. Very, very soon. Oh no, eyes wide deep. Or eyes wide shut says balls deep. <laughs> yes, balls deep indeed. We, we are balls deep here. And uh, my goodness, time is running out. Time is never on our side, my friends. I'm sorry about that. I wish, I truly wish I could go longer here, but we are not in control. Especially when it comes to time. Time is not on our sides. How sad. But don't let your hearts be troubled. I will return again. Very, very soon, I promise. I promise, my friends. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, 
Good night, everybody.